Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Number 230, I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rick. I'm Todd. Todd. Well, hey, Todd. Yes. Todd's going to be joining us in, on, on a more kind of permanent basis. He's are, always are, welcome. So if you don't are like sh- Todd, just bail out now. You can kiss my ass if you don't like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go over to escapingthecave.com and check out my <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Get that out of the way. Hey, Todd. Yeah. Have you ever filled out a census form? <laughs> No. Mr. Mr. Off the Grid? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's, that's hilarious. I feel like you're playing the straight man. No, I haven't. No, I, you know, I don't, I've never had to do one either. I moved a lot. I think that's why. But, I, I of course, I bring it up because that's one of the bigger news stories going around right now is the, the controversy over the question on the census that asks you if you're a citizen or not. And I would... I was really curious about you guys' opinion on on that addition. I mean, clearly this is a this is a political move. I but mean, do you really is it, is it wrong to include? Do, do, do you re, do you really think I have any other stance? But I don't care. Well, my question is, I remember the 2010 census, and I mean that in the least malicious way possible. By the way, I and they didn't even they didn't even. Like, no census taker came to my door. They left it in my mailbox. Well, yeah, that's the only time yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've ever done that is is it's been in my mailbox. And I filled it out. I think even the last one I might have done online. Well, ideally, everyone fills it out by mail. And then if you don't, so somebody comes around and knocks on your door. Well, the point was, I think, is that everything you put on there is voluntary. Yeah. So you're not like, it's not like the selective service. You have to fucking register. You have to... So, you know, um, no, I remember like seeing like, well, when I lived with Chris, a, the a census uh, letter came. Yeah, and I think I gave up because it was super long, and I didn't have time. <laughs> but I, but, but I, but my stance is I don't care about, about anything on that. I don't care about any. I don't care about any question on that form. I care nothing about. Like I don't care about. You, I'm not offended. Would, I, I don't. Care, but it doesn't. Make me. Oh, you, you don't care what the what the questions may yeah, be. Yeah, I don't care what you ask me because it's all tied to my social security number. Which, if you really want to know, you can research that. Right? Why are we still doing census when we have Facebook? Well, yeah. Why are you still sending me paper? That's how <laughs> yeah, I feel. You, that's how I'll I feel about the election. We're still using yeah. paper. It's not a good idea to use Facebook because, according to Facebook, I'm a 65 year old woman from fucking <laughs> Austria. <laughs> no, but I, that's but, you're not going to get accurate information from me on Facebook. No, absolutely not. <laughs> True, but there's still the technology of to ask me that way, right? Like stop, like pen, like trust. No, I, you know, you know what I use pen and paper for at this point in life when I go into my boss's office, so he knows I'm paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> like anything else, like I'm there's an app on my phone for that. <laughs> I think we did have one guy. I, I, you reminded me when you, you mentioned the guy coming to the door. He came to our place in Chicago like two or three times and asked me a bunch of questions. And I remember I lied about most of the stuff on there, like income. 
what I did for a living. <laughs> you take my census per- information in person at this point, I'm going to tell you I'm a black woman. So yeah. you'll just walk away and leave me alone. Because yeah. that will clearly not be the right answer. In answer to your question, Aaron, I don't know that it's necessarily a political thing. It could be. I don't know. Because it could, you know, I guess my less how cynical it, side. How, how could it not be? My less cynical side could say and could possibly be convinced that maybe they just want to find out how many immigrants are here illegally. Well, Simple sheer numbers question. without finding out who exactly they are so they can, you know, ICE can come to the door and take them away. Maybe, maybe they just want to figure out how many people are here. Well, did, well yeah, if you're here legally and you answer that question, and, truthfully, you're an idiot. Maybe. Yeah, nobody, nobody's going to answer that question. He, he I'm not surprised. arguing any of that. I'm just saying this is the Trump administration. They probably didn't think it through all the way. If you go, hey, I'm illegal and I'm here illegal. If you answer that question honestly and you're illegal, you deserve to get deported. I'll just say it. Well, okay, so... When I say that this is seems to be clearly a, a political moat, because what we do with the, the census information, this is how we allocate funds and how we uh, assign uh, numbers of representatives for, for areas. And those could both decrease for large cities that will probably have a, a large immigrant population and some of those may be illegal and you know just as like a spillover effect if you might you might be legal but you have people in your family that are not or living in your home that aren't legal to throw that shit out right i mean you could fill that out and just leave out that information or you could just not fill it out completely Exactly. You could, you could just not uh, not fill it out at all. I should say. Uh, we didn't. So, I t- it was so long. I gave up, and people came to the door, and we weren't home, and we never answered. And yeah, great. There's a session limitations. I guess I'll pay the penalty. But yeah, like whatever. You just don't answer. I've, I've been summoned for jury duty and just thrown that shit out. Well, I know that there was a reverend in Detroit in 2010 who was going around telling people. In Detroit, not to fill out a census, that this is the government's way of tracking black citizens and shit. You know, the narcissism of this reverend came out because it was all about black people. Is it right out? I think so. It might have been. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just I just remember laughing because, you know, everybody was like, uh, this is how they decide population, funding, et cetera, et cetera. Even if right. you don't put any information down besides... Two people live in this home. Fuck off. That's all the info you're getting. That's all they need. They just need a head count. Right. That's how the schools get their money. Yeah, so if you think Detroit public schools are overfunded, go ahead and keep not filling out your census and keep up with your, what, 30% literacy rate? And what, is it what was graduation rate in the 20s? There you go. That's that's a way to... That's what, There you go, Reverend Rideout, if it is him. If not, fuck him anyways. But it, that's the way to... <laughs> Prop your people up there, buddy. Good job. Fucking idiots. Right. So so the 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 right is putting this out there as and we just we just want to make sure that we're getting accurate information, right? Which is funny because the counter is that you're almost guaranteed not to get accurate information because you're kind of assuring that there's a segment of the population that is not going to fill this out. But of course, from the left, so, it's also a, an attack. Sh- shocking. 
Well, yeah. Att- yeah, they see it as an attack on on liberal run cities that will get less representation and less funding because less people are willing to fill out their census form. This is another example of everything. You can't really you can't get to the core of anything because everybody's going to see it through their own the own prism that they're holding in front of their eyeballs according to their ideology. You know, we don't know. We don't really know. It's just, our interpretation is basically the reptilian brain interpreting the world as we want to see it. You know, if it's if you're a, a Democrat, if you're a liberal, this is an attack on immigrants, trying to flush immigrants out. Oh, and if okay. you're on the right, all of a sudden that conversation can't be. They're just trying to get accurate information. I mean, it's that's it's, it's really indicative of the, the discourse we're having today, just in general. No, agreed. But I mean, if if the idea behind the census is to allocate funds and assign representation, then why should a non-citizen fill it out? That wasn't the question you asked, though. No, you asked if, no, you, if, I, no, if, if it I'm, was a purely political motivation to put that question on there. No, I understand. This is a, this is a separate question. Wasn't technically okay. a census a it, question a a survey asked of the citizens? So a non-citizen has no motive to fill it out, technically. On one hand, it's good information to know how many people are in your country and where they're living, roughly. But on the other hand, if if the end result is to assign the, the benefits of citizenry, you know, something back for your tax money and some sort of representation in Washington, then this is a, a citizens-only thing right <laughs> well i mean i'll even i'll play devil's advocate i'll jerk the wheel way to the left isn't this all just profiling isn't this isn't this all um, just government sanctioned profiling continue how would it be profiling literally finding out it's literally getting into the minutiae let's look okay, age let's race let's, let's take another step age race where you live what, how do you what do you make profiling? How do you define pro- profiling? Profiling what is, is profiling? what you do with that information. No, no, no. I want, I want Chris to answer this. How do you define profiling, Chris? Isn't profiling uh, making an assumption of a group of people based on a kind of, kind of a, uh, a, a predetermined set of information? Behavioral, yeah. Yeah. Uh, isn't so that what is, a census how is, is? How is? This, this is a giant profiling he, survey? <laughs> it's a demographic survey. No, I understand. I'm just, it's like I said, I'm playing devil's advocate. Well, I'm trying to figure out your logic and asking a question uh, like that. Because, no, of course, I don't I'm think... I'm going it's, the SJW route. I'm going the Twitter route on this one. How are you tying it into a, a specific behavior? Just in general. Right, that's the difference. It, it, <laughs> you don't know. No, no, no. no. It's, 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 a, it's a question about your behaviors. It's asking you about your behaviors. What do you make? Where do you live? No, no, no. The, it's no, not the, behavior. The, the profiling behavior comes in what you what you may or may not do with that information. Merely gathering information is not profiling. It is, if you want to profile, actually gathering information is not generally the course. Yeah, I don't remember the the census guy asking me if I ate (laughs) pinto beans this week. You see what I mean? There's a difference between gathering information and demographic information. There's a difference between gathering demographic information and tying that into a specific behavior that's profiling i understand that i'm just playing i'm playing devil's advocate i'm playing well i'm I'm playing no but i'm playing the society we're in right now reality you're not doing it very well that's all i'm saying i'm all right 
I thought, I was, I thought I was playing the reality that we are in right now, that people will make that jump. I'm, 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 I'm no longer to, connecting dots well, that aren't there. I'm connecting I'm dots that... I'm happy to that, play along with that, but that, there's no connection there. There's no, you, there. That's too big, big of a void for me to leap intellectually. I don't see how this could possibly be profiling. If it were, I'd be happy to agree with you. Well, let me, <clears throat> let me interject this, because I just want to... If I was in this country illegally and I was handed a census, I would look at it like this. With Trump in office, he gives me no reason to believe that if I fill this out and I'm honest about it, that I'm safe from deportation. Well, that's the key to it, though. You, you, right. He's done the, nothing to convince me of that. Only the people that trust their government are going to fill this out. So aside from all the uh, possible non-citizens that may have filled it out before and now won't because they have to choose to lie or omit the, whether they're a resident or not, uh, there's going to be, I think, a lot of liberals who are just like, I don't want to answer any of this shit. I don't want to give the government any more information because I don't trust who's running it right now. Which is hilarious if it's on their side. Well, that's that's kind of what happened in 2010. Take away Reverend Rideout or whoever the fuck it was in Detroit. I remember hearing that from a lot of my right-wing family and friends in 2010. Exactly. That's fill a, this out so Obama can come collect us up and put us in FEMA camps. Right. Well, that's the same. It's a left is saying that now. That's like yeah. you sound like a right winger like ten years ago. But is <laughs> it's, it's all cyclical. It all. Yep. If your guy's not in power, then you're not paranoid that's, because they're after you. If your guy is in power, everybody is. Everybody's. Everybody else is paranoid. Like yeah. And it's. I don't know. I. To me, I just don't, if you don't want to fill the fucking thing out, ball it up, throw it the fuck away, and don't answer the door when a dipshit comes around. Or when he does, answer the door and do your best Hannibal Lecter impersonation and say, I got some fava beans. Want to come in and grab a bite? I mean, you know, whatever the fuck. Tell them you're a black woman and you're a white man. They're going to know you're lying and discount everything you say. Well, this is why I'm kind of in a limbo on this issue, right? Because I, I don't believe that it's for any sort of pure motive that this question is put on there again. I mean, this this used to be on our census, and 50 years ago we stopped asking it. I have no idea why we stopped asking, but there has to be some sort of reason for us to put it back on there. And uh, And the Trump administration has no good reasons... So I have to believe it's politically motivated. On the other hand, the idea that this is going to uh, cause non-citizens to not fill it out, I'm like, that, that's fine. Right? <laughs> if, you're, if you're getting, Chris, a little bit down on the music. It's, I'm sorry, it's a little distracting. All right. I mean, it, it's not just the, the liberals that are upset about this. There are conservatives in high immigrant populations like in Texas that are concerned about, uh, about uh, you know, not getting enough funds for their, their, uh, their area, what have you. Well, that's, that's also the other fallacy of, the, of immigration is that every immigrant that comes over here is automatically going to vote Democrat. I lived in... Florida. I've I've spent enough time in South Florida to tell you that the first generation of Cubans who came over here, uh, uh-uh, uh, they're not voting Democrat for the most part. I mean, if you, I, yes, I understand we're generalizing, and I feel like I need to say this every week, so I'm just going to say this this time, and from here on out, everybody just has to know I'm talking this way for brevity's sake. I'm talking in generality as a block. 
they're very anti-Castro, anti-socialist. They're not going to vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. Now, th- now their nope. children and their grandchildren, maybe they've been Americanized. But you have a lot of people who are like, no, fuck that. I fled my home country to get away from that shit. Wait, so they're it makes the, sense. They're the definition of the, the, the whole pull, pull themselves up by the bootstraps mentality. Like, they're like, fuck you, I floated over here on a tire with no money in my wallet. Doesn't have really have a lot to do with that. A lot of those people saw their family thrown in jail, yeah. interred by Castro. Well, that yeah. anybody, anybody who, well, I, I can put you in touch with this Joe guy that lives down in Miami. He's a Cuban immigrant. I met him on Santa Fe. He was a good friend of mine. And that is a huge part of it. They do not, they will not support anybody they see as sympathetic to anything related to the Castro regime. Exactly. So they, they're all about the sanctions. They think they should be left in place, despite the fact they may still have family there. They think that anything that's attacking that government because of the, I guess the only word is atrocities that they witnessed, they saw firsthand, yeah. right? It's not, not second nature hyperbole or, or uh, anecdotal evidence to them. They saw it. And they, anything that seems sympathetic to the Castro cause, they're going to they're gonna oppose that vehemently. And you go down there, you're right, Rich. I know, I know, I know, I know for a fact you're right. If you go down there and you go to little Cuba, little Havana, I think it's called in Miami. If you go walk around there and ask them who they support, um, yeah, they're wearing mega hats. <clears throat> well, I don't know if they're wearing mega hats, but it's. I think it's a one issue, one issue thing for them. I don't really think they. I, I mean, they may actually vote Democratic if. You know, Cuba, the Cuba issue was taken off the table. But anytime, as long as the Democrats support easing sanctions and, and, and normalizing relations with a Castro, yeah, uh, yeah they're going to vote against that. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you that in 2000, <clears throat> there was a lot of first-generation Cubans who came over, you know, immigrants, and they supported Bush over uh, uh, Gore. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, don't know the, I don't know the political climate down there now with Trump. Because yeah. I, I haven't been down there since his his orange majesty <laughs> said he was going to run for president. So I, I I don't I mean I can speculate. I'd imagine it's got to be people are they feel some people feel torn because of what Todd said. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're like, how can I how can I support a guy who would throw my ass out of this country in a heartbeat if he knew I was here? Well, all, I, all politics I, it depends on all politics is personal. Yeah, everybody has their pet issue, and yeah. I think for most Cubans that that one is going to <laughs> trump every other uh, ideological issue, I think, for right. certain segments of that population. Just like there are Latinos that voted for Trump, regardless of him oh, wanting to a, throw him out of the country, because... I they, met a bunch of them. I met a bunch of them. They're that. anti-abortion. You know, they're, they're strict Christians. They, they believe in the sanctity of life and that Trump is going to uphold that. They're anti-gay. A lot of times. I met a lot of those guys. I met a lot of those uh, folks while I was hitchhiking out west around the election. <laughs> they gave me a ride a lot of the time. And I got in there thinking they're all going to be, you know, voting for Hillary Clinton because of Trump's stance on immigration. And I was wrong. I was dead wrong. There's, uh, I wouldn't call it homophobia. It's anti-gay because of their religion. And there's a culture of machismo throughout Latin America where being gay in Latin America is not quite as cool as it is here in the U.S. Let's just put it that way. And there was a lot of the fact, a lot of the, a lot of the same you reasons. You know it from their television. <laughs> Maybe not. But uh, <laughs> there was a lot of the I hate, I can't stand Hillary Clinton. I don't trust that bitch stuff going on as well. There was a yeah. lot of it was just her. 
But I met a lot of I met a lot of Latinos, and I did not expect it. I was completely wrong in my my I guess my prejudice in thinking that they would all vote for Trump. A lot of the people that I met out west, Latinos, voted for him. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the things that it's one of the, it's the it's a uh, kind of like a dirty little secret <clears throat> to a lot of people because they don't you know especially people up north who maybe don't have a lot of friends who are or know people who came from Mexico came from Cuba. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Puerto Rico, to a lesser extent, in my experience, is Puerto that Rico. there is okay. When we were talking about the term "people of color" last week, yeah, POC when I lived in Arizona. When I lived in Florida, I would see Cubans, and me being from Detroit, it looks like a black guy to me. And I had to have friends of mine tell me, "Don't call them black. They they get really offended. They don't." <laughs> a lot of Cubans don't like black people. They think they're fucking lazy and, you know, this and that. And I'm like, what? Aren't, aren't they all same team? They're like, no. <laughs> oh, no, Not no, man. Never mind. Mandy has, mind. A, Mandy has a, one of her good friends is Dominican. And, they, man, they won't talk shit about people from Haiti all fucking day, man. <laughs> I, dude, like, it's, 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 it, what? That's, that's a dirty secret amongst, I guess, uh, infighting amongst, quote, unquote, minority groups. That a lot of people, especially like I said, from up here, don't know. And I mean, it shocked me in Florida. I guess I can understand it because I mean, it, it's it, if you take pride in where you come from, but you, you you feel like you've been exiled from your homeland. So I was connecting dots that way. When I lived in Phoenix, it was uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. I'm not black. No, I yeah. work for a living. I'm like, oh uh, shit! Absolutely. Right. In my in my experience, well, even like Dominicans should be like the the, the, the people make say like you're Puerto Rican should be like, don't fuck call me that. Like it's it, it's crazy. I don't know. Understand I, what the hell you guys are talking about? Because racial tribalism is only a white thing, guys. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I I was just gonna what say. What the hell's I've the matter heard, with you? I've heard way more open racism from the mouths of minorities than I have from white people. And that's not me trying to say that, like, minorities are more racist than whites. They're just but as racist. They're, they're just as racist, thank you. <laughs> maybe, and it's a, more, maybe it's a human And they're thing. more vocal about it because, they, <laughs> because, because it's a whole different thing for, uh, you know, the white man well, right. to speak the, his prejudice. Oh, when I lived in Detroit, and Chris Aaron, you guys both dropped me off at my house when I lived in Detroit. Oh yeah, uh, the uh-huh. the party store up the street, the corner. I I tried to just tell you to. I'm just going to slow down, and you just jump out. Tuck and roll, Rich. <laughs> Tuck and roll. <laughs> um, but no, the party store up at the corner. You know, that's 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 where you went because that's it's gun store, liquor store, gun store, church, <laughs> gun store, liquor store. So, oh, yeah. and dispensaries now, and closed wig store. <laughs> yes, yes, and Sally's beauty supply, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I would go up there, and I obviously, I mean, me, my buddy, his wife, and the and Mr. Washington's wife, I think we're the four white people in the neighborhood, so we stuck out like a sore thumb. And I, for the vast majority, never had a problem. But there was sometimes when I get off work, and this is the hood, so the liquor stores are open till two. Some of them even open after two. But um, you know, I get off work and I'd stop in. Hey, you, know, hey, you grab lost. Grab something to drink. Grab something to drink. Grab pack cigarettes, and you know, probably about five times in about the year I lived there, there was some black guy. What's this white bitch doing in here? Hey, motherfucker! And I'm like, Hey, freeways over there. What you doing like, here? Are you serious? I mean, like it's, dude. 
I've lived in mostly white areas. I don't even in the South. I didn't like see that. Right. And and it's it, like you might hear it behind like you know like uh, my landlord in New York. You know, I go to rent the apartment. I've been looking for an apartment for fucking months. I was living in a YMCA in fucking Dolgeville, New York, for fuck's sake. So I was desperate to get the fuck out of there. And this is the one guy. It was close. It was in my price range. And I'm talking to him. And he goes, so where are you from? I don't recognize your accent. You almost sound Canadian. I said, I'm from Detroit. <laughs> and he goes, oh, Detroit. Yeah, I got a lot of niggers in Detroit, don't you? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah, there's a lot of black people in Detroit. He's like, I ain't got nothing against niggers. I think I should have one or two chained up in their backyard. And I'm just like... Like, that's where you go immediately? But, now, that is not the normal experience I've had. Even when I've gotten to know people and they get comfortable. Right. And they're like, you know, yeah, I'm just... They stay to themselves, I stay to myself. That's usually... That's the type of racism I run into that's, that, that's open and blatant about it. Not just... Yeah, yeah. In your face, and I mean, you know, and every time I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say this because every time I had that problem in Detroit at that party store, it, 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 the dudes were always drunk. So who, you know, it's not a pass, but who the fuck knows what the fuck was going on? You know no. what I'm saying? And on top of it, it might just be, it might just be, hey, we're gonna see if this white boy scares easy. No, you know what I'm but, saying? but that's the equivalent of somebody in Howell going, hey, you look, hey, where are you going? Boy, I mean that's it's the same thing. I I, I understand, but we're we not the allowed same to time, say that. At the same time, I had people in that neighborhood stick up for each other, regardless. You know what I'm saying? Like, if something was happening in the middle of the night, because okay, we could we had to go outside to smoke at my buddy's house, so there'd be times it's like three thirty in the morning. I'm outside on the porch, and it's Detroit. You don't smoke with your fucking porch light on. Be like. Hey, look, I'm a white boy in Detroit at 3.30 in the morning. Come rob me. You know, you leave the porch light off. And you'd see people creeping around people's houses. I go tell my buddy. I'm like, hey, man, you got John's number? You got Mr. Washington's number? Yeah, dude, they got someone creeping around their fucking property. Like up, on the, like, up on the house, near the windows and shit, peeping in. And we all watched out for each other. So I need the Second Amendment. We'll get to that well, later. That, I mean, that, that block, that, when, when I, when, when, because I helped my buddy and his wife move in. And the neighbors come over, and it was like, I guess it was like the three elders of the neighborhood. And Mr. Washington was one of them. And he's like, just so you know, we don't put up with no bullshit here. We don't call the cops. We handle our own business. Oh. And we handle it well. Oh, all right. So you have a gun safe. And I was like, cool. All right. I'm down with that because you're going to call a cop in Detroit and wait an hour and a half anyways if they even show up. So, yeah, there was plenty of times. Neighbor across the street, he had a, he had a very nice pickup truck, fully loaded and twice when I lived there, he let about four warning shots fly because people were fucking trying to break into it. No one blinked. Next morning, it was like, hey, what happened? He goes, ah, just motherfuckers, you know, these young motherfuckers creeping around my truck. So I just put four into the fucking ground near them, and they ran. Okay. That's it. So I never felt, like, threatened. Maybe I should have. Maybe I'm dumb. I don't know. But <clears throat> Hey, speaking of guns, you saw the new Roseanne show, right? Mm-hmm. Has ever has everyone seen this, Chris? You're the only one who hasn't seen it. I've not, but I, I've heard enough about it to know that it just sounds like it picked up right where it left off. Well, I mean, I, here's here's the big spoiler. Close your ears if you, if you're listening and you don't want to know it. She's a Trump supporter. <gasps> so yeah, <clears throat> shocking. I thought they handled that really well, to be honest with you. 
Was this Jesus Trump supporter in real life anyway? Who cares? It's a character. I mean, it's yeah. not Roseanne Barr. I mean, I you get know, a, not follow. It's not like Seinfeld where you're followed over to the stand-up clubs. Well, no. okay, but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember them ever talking so openly and no. like presently about politics as they did no. in the in the show before. I'm glad near they the, did though. And near the end of the series, they started talking a lot more about because didn't because Jackie came out as gay near the end of the series. I think that was. Because uh, what's well, her name? Like, no, Who's the comedian that was on? R- right. Okay. Sandra I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that they didn't talk about political issues in their show, but to they didn't talk openly about you know candidates and who is president and right and, and who you voted for. Right. Trying to tie it directly into what's going on in people's lives. It, it kept they kept it more general. Yeah. You know syndication. Yeah, I thought it was done pretty well. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, you know, when Jackie comes over wearing the pussy hat and they get uh, into the uh, the little argument in the kitchen. I thought they did that really, really well, and I think they did it really fair. Because I think they sort of made caricatures out of both sides of this. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I thought, the, I thought that was the highlight of the show, honestly. Like, Yeah. I, I thought it was well done for what it was. I don't know personally that I can watch a sitcom with a laugh track anymore. <laughs> I'm kind of just yeah. spoiled. It, it did, did sound feel weird. outdated. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. And it kind of made everything seem like really stilted. But I have, I have no beef. I think that anyone who enjoyed her show before would enjoy this just as well. Yeah. And I, I agree that it was it was well done. Although, I mean, if I was to really nitpick at it, like, uh, you know, they. they so one of the plot lines that was in episode one, and I guess this is they uh, go into this more in episode two, is is it Darlene's son? Mark. Yeah, a little boy named Mark. Yeah. A little boy named Mark who dresses like a girl, right? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, there's lots of comments about it, certainly, but they're still, except they're not shunning the kid, right? They're not telling him that he can't, that he has to wear boy clothes or something, but they're You didn't they're see not, the sec. You didn't see the second episode, right? Oh, I did not. No, so I don't okay. know if it. Okay. okay. I don't know if it eventually goes there. But from what they they set up, it's like they, you know, we're we're accepting of this. You know, we're not we're not happy with it. But he's family, and what can you do? Does it seem to be their attitude about it? That's that's the main plot line of the second episode. Right. Okay. So I, I figured that's where they were going. Yeah. With that it. sounds kind of like but every family but, I know around here is right. Right. You got some fucked up shit going on, and everyone just kind of goes eh. Family, what are you gonna but do? But the but the portrayal of Mark, I really didn't see as realistic. He really came off like a caricature. Yeah, yeah. and it 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 kind of uh, it undercuts the point, right? Because it, it's like it it's like you want to say that you uh, are really accepting of your black neighbor, and they have more for dinner, and you know he's got the fucking white lipstick on singing mammy and and shucking and jiving well roseanne was especially as the series went on was never light-fisted about any subject they tackled in fact they got pretty ham-fisted near the end and Mm -hmm. if it did feel like they were trying to stuff as much topical you know things that have been in, in 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 you know american pop culture's consciousness for the last four or five years to stuff as much of it 
in as quickly as possible, and I'm hoping they're just doing it just to establish the characters, then they can move on and get with some character development. Yeah. Because in the second episode, it shows Dan, like, at one point, he's like, I got I to gotta go to the garage, and I got to get another beer. Like, talking about, you know, little Mark, the, the boy. Right. And then there's a scene where he's playing, you know, basketball with him and stuff, and, and he holds the boy up, you know, and Mark, and Mark dunks, and he's like, you know, look. If he's going to wear a dress, that's fine, but he's got to wear underwear. You know? Yeah, it's funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. The thing is, you, you, you make sure you characterize that properly, though, because he's his, in, the, in the show, Dan has no problem. None of them have any real problem with the kid dressing like a girl. The crux of the show is that Dan is more concerned about what's going to happen to the kid when he goes to school. He's in a small town, Illinois, right. the school he went to, and he understands that when he goes to school, he's going to be picked on and that's the concern that that at least comes off in the show that he's worried about in fact in that second episode he gives the kid a knife to take to school to protect himself that's part of the yeah i mean it's i thought it was done really well and i I agree with you the kid does come off like a caricature a little bit but that's what i that's i think it's the the part of the balance that i think i liked about it because they did get in the first episode they got the dialectic between the left and the right you voted for trump you voted for clinton what the hell's the matter with you but it also it it has a favorable portrayal of you know the i guess the liberal um Do, does i don't, it I don't know because yeah, part of the yeah. resolution is that she admits that she choked and voted for Jill Stein. No, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You're that, missing yeah. me. Yeah, you're you're missing my point. The the okay. uh, the uh, the favorable portrayal is about the kids' right to be able to dress oh, oh. out. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Right. So it's not, we yeah, because it. isn't it all a isn't it all a, a play on what Darlene used to do? Because it wasn't. It's part. There's a little sub text to that but not really no it's it's the the, oh, the crux of it is the kid wants to be who he is and he's right. going to go to school he's going to put up with it and he's going to be who he is despite whatever yeah, well, is going to played off that sarah gilbert dressed like a dude in the first iteration well she was, she was kind of a tomboy rebel yeah 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 they actually <laughs> there's a really neat exchange where the, uh roseanne keeps calling her gay <laughs> I think it's in that second episode. Kind of goes, yeah. Kind of comes back to that, though. Hey, I think you know, it's kind like, of a meta moment because she is gay in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. So, <laughs> it's, I, I think the show's really well done, man. I, I added really, it to my shows on uh, PlayStation View, so yeah, yeah. Make sure you check that shit out. What, what kills me is bouncing around on the Twitter. Uh, I hadn't seen it. We didn't watch it until last night. We didn't see it the night it aired. Uh, but uh, it was like, oh, my God, she, she's a Trump supporter. She's like a uh, white supremacist, uh, Trump bond, blah, blah, blah. And if you watch the show, there's a, one of the kids in the show is black. DJ's daughter is black. Uh-huh. You know, it's, I, th- I thought that they walked that ideological tightrope exceedingly well while directly attacking I guess the issues that are sort of facing us as a country. I, I was pretty impressed with it. I'm, I'm not a fan of television. If I didn't like something, <laughs> I was looking for right. something wrong with this thing, and I thought they did a really, a really good job with it. You know, I, I have to wonder. I have to right. wonder because Roseanne does come from the stand-up comedy world. Yeah, and I have to wonder if she took a look at what happened to Tim Allen's show, that Last Man Standing show, right? And how he came out outside of the show as a supporter of Trump. Yeah. And then, boom, even though the show's in, like, the top 25, it gets canceled. Well, no, he got canceled. And he he was like Joe and Mike. He got canceled while he was number one. He was number one in his time slot on his night. 
Nia well, canceled. What I'm, what I'm saying is I know that there's a – we've talked about this and touched on it before when we, when we talk about these comedians who really specials, you know, Chappelle, Chris Rock, et cetera. There's a camaraderie in an otherwise cutthroat fucking stand-up world that seems like no matter what, you, they have to stick together about that because if they're going to shut him down because they don't like what he's saying – how long till they come and try to oh, shut me down? Right, so you're saying there's comics are sticking by Roseanne regardless of her openly being a, a Trump supporter because they're just for free speech in general. It, well, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I know Roseanne wasn't a big fan. Although of she did Bush. have to leave Twitter, she left. She had to leave Twitter because everyone was giving her too much shit. Well, I mean, I, I know she wasn't a big fan of Bush. I don't know if she is a Trump supporter or not, but I'm wondering if. Because if you know anything about the run of that show, it didn't take her but a season or two to wrestle complete control away from the producers to where she controlled what happened on that show. Mm-hmm. And I'm guaranteeing she came back and said, I'm going to do this, yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it my way, yeah. and y'all just shut the fuck up. Yeah. And so I wonder if this was on purpose. She was like, I'm going to make myself the Trump supporter. Fuck with me. Well, I read a you story. Know what I'm saying? It's kind of a fuck you to the people who were like, Take uh, Tim Allen off the air. How dare he? I, well, I read a story about her right, this right. week about her coming back to social media because she left social media last year because she's she is an open Trump supporter and okay. she was just tired of getting too much shit and she came back. She well, like, she, she she actually said like I'm back on social media because I have a show to like promote and uh, everyone's gonna say shit <laughs> and I'm gonna be quiet and I'm not gonna talk politics. I'm here to promote my show, but if shit gets crazy again, I'm gonna leave again. That's exactly why I'm tw- I'm on Twitter. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I feel look, her pain. Yeah, I. Oh uh, fuck! This paints me in a certain light with certain people, and I just I can't. I, I don't have the energy to care anymore. Just because you voted for Trump, I don't automatically assume you're a white supremacist. You hate everyone darker than a redhead with a sunburn. You want to boot out everybody who's in this country legally or illegally. You hate all Muslims. I don't automatically assume that just like i don't automatically assume just because you voted for hillary that you want every gun to be taken away from everybody complete socialized everything you know the state to raise you up and all this shit look these are the two choices we had in 2016 the two realistic choices i mean let's let's drop all pretense that it's jill stein or homeboy from the libertarian the 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 the, the, i can't even remember his name gary johnson yes had any shot of winning it. it that's that's a protest vote okay so let's just get that out of the fucking equation here those were the two candidates we had both were very fucking flawed candidates in their own way and i can't fault someone or not fault excuse me i can't I, I can't view someone as oh you held your nose and voted for trump because you were thinking fuck it let's blow up the system or you held your nose and voted for Hillary because you were afraid of what Trump would get in in, in if he did blow up the system. That's the problem with these people online and Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Todd, you talked about it in your last podcast. A little bit. Ebola. They're not... This isn't real shit. This isn't sitting down, looking someone in 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 the eyes, having a conversation, and realizing that you're talking to another human being. And when you do that and you talk to someone and go... Why'd you vote the way you did? Why do you feel the way you did? Sometimes it's religious. Sometimes it's, you know, a single issue. And I can, I can, I, I can understand both sides. You know, if you're pro-life, you're not going to vote for someone who supports pro-choice if that's your single issue and vice versa. 
That's going to be the deciding issue. Now, do I think that's a wise way to go about making decisions? No. But you have a right to do that. And I think that's what they're, just to wrap it up real quick, I think it's, that's what this show is trying to do is say, look, these are humans, not right. fucking names on a screen. And ultimately, it goes back to what we were saying. It's your family. Just because you disagree with them doesn't mean you hate them, doesn't mean you don't love them. Well, you can take that to a maker level, too. And I, you know, there's a couple of things there. I thought that the show did, and I, I, I said it earlier, I think, that I, I thought that it painted the dialectic intrafamily feud between who voted for Trump and who voted for Hillary. I thought it painted that argument as a caricature exceedingly well. Mm-hmm. I think that people could sit there and watch that, see their reflection wearing their pussy hat or their MAGA hat, and see how ridiculous they sound sometimes. I think that I thought that was done beautifully, and maybe maybe that'll help. The second thing that I wanted to point out is Roseanne. I remember her on Twitter. She's batshit. It's not Trump support. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. fucking nuts. She's like one of the biggest conspiracy theorists I have ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna oh, mention my that. Like God. Oh, horrific. Is she an anti? Is she an anti-vaxxer type? Probably. Yeah. I don't remember specifically, but I think so. Right, I would, I would believe that flat earther. I don't know about that. Who the fuck is a flat? Kill yourself. You're a flat earther. Get off this podcast. Go jump in front of a fucking truck. You're a fucking flat moron. Earth- Die. <laughs> that's that's the world's greatest trolls right there. I, it has to be because Joe Rogan has a buddy who's on his podcast frequently, and he's a flat earther. And Joe Rogan goes, "We have pictures of the planet Earth." from space and he goes and they were taken in 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 the 70s and in the 60s and his buddy goes that's all photoshop and joe rogan goes you realize photoshop wasn't around back then oh it's been photoshopped now and it's just like no dude you can't be serious you no one's this dense dude you cannot argue with that level of willful stupidity you can't it's it's a waste of time the oxygen is a precious resource without it we die and if you're wasting it um, those you stupid motherfuckers that need to go jump in front of a truck. If, if you're letting anyone waste their oxygen arguing with you, you should kill yourself and any offspring you've managed to have. Get your shit out of the gene pool. You're ignorant. You're stupid. And you're stay in your lane at least. You know, have your conspiracies in the basement. Paint a picture. Take up I don't know sculpturing. Sculpture the flat Earth with the Rocky Mountains on the top and get the fuck away from everybody else. You're a waste. Aren't you glad you had me back? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. But, uh, honestly, well, so, though. Hey. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that you know, we were talking about Twitter. Yeah. And the, with the, I, well, yeah, it, I've seen some of uh, Roseanne's tweets and she is insane. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, but uh, I forgot what my segue was going to be on this anyway, but I wanted to get to the Laura Ingram stuff. Hold on for a second. Can we? I want to. Yes. I want to. Can we just backtrack to one other thing? I, I know I'm, I'm being yes, a little mean to the to the flat earthers, but what you said, Rich, <laughs> that that mentality of oh well, it was Photoshop now and the blah blah blah. You know that that fitting the all the facts to fit the conspiracy theory. It's not just limited to flat earthers, man, and that's part of the problem with the the, the dialogue and the um, discourse that we have today because you've got a lot of people, and this is not ideologically exclusive to either side, you know, where people will, you can put bold face facts like a round earth, 
to the flat earthers, you can put that in front of a conservative and prove with beyond a reasonable doubt that Trump colluded with the Russians. Now, I'm not saying this evidence exists. I'm just creating it metaphorically and just to say that you could put that in front of a diehard Trump supporter and they will do the exact same They'll put on the same exact demonstration of mental gymnastics you just talked about with the flat earthers. And you could do the same thing on the left, completely exonerating Trump of colluding with the Russians, and they will do the exact same thing. It's, it's exactly like you, like you were talking about with the flat earthers. It's the same thing if you sit down in a congregation with a bunch of Christian evangelicals and you start talking about you know evolution, they'll completely make it fit their theory. I won't call that a conspiracy theory. I'll call it a the- theological theory. <laughs> okay? Whoa. But that, that mentality and that, that sort of uh, intellectual activity isn't limited just to people like flat earthers. It's all over the place. It's pervasive now. Well, that's, that's the, unfortunately, that's the, that's, uh, you know, Mike from the Drew and Mike show used to say it all the time. He goes, the internet's great, but at the same time, it's fucking horrifying because it allows all the crazy people to get together and find other like-minded crazy people a lot easier than it was before. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a necrophiliac in 1985, you probably aren't ever going to run into someone who's going to openly be like, you are? Me too. Right. Here's some tips. Here's, <laughs> how you break, here's how you break the joints in. So the rigor mortis, you know, and, and this thing. But you go online. There's a group for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. I've, I've, I've dipped my toe into some dark mm-hmm. corners of the internet and been like, I'm just going to back out slowly, shut the laptop <laughs> Shoot yeah. it, throw it into a deep lake, and then hope that the FBI didn't see me do that. Because that was one. Sorry, you know, it's like I almost want to call the FBI and be like, "That was an accidental click. I did yeah, I not mean to go there on purpose. <laughs> I didn't mean to click on that. Please don't think I'm into that. I'm sorry. Can I toss you an extra ten bucks on April fifteenth? But I mean, that's that's to me, that's where you get people who they just reinforce this shit. And once you have that. It's that group mentality. You know, we, we quote it all the time. Yep, we quote it all the time. A person's smart, people are stupid. Yep. Yep. It's the old Gustave Laban thing that crowds are literally inherently stupid. And it's so easy now to congregate into virtual mobs via the internet and isolate yourself off, get reinforcements from like minded people, and just basically lobotomize, zombify yourself into um, just degrees of stupidity that astound me every day, every day. And I, I, I suspect that we could just take like a hit control C on my little diatribe here. And then throughout various points through this podcast tonight, when we discuss other things, <laughs> hit control V, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut yep. and paste. In fact, I don't know which one of you guys is recording this, but if you want to do that, and just take the diatribe, put it in, <laughs> and put it that. in. Yeah, I mean, why not? Because that, to me, to me, that is the single most damaging problem that we have, and no one is aware of it. No one wants to look at themselves in the fucking mirror and see well, what they're doing. No, everyone seems to be able to point it out in others, of course, but not see it, but not see it in their own behavior. Exactly. 
I was guilty of this, man. I I posted on uh, Facebook, I think, yesterday that I I pleaded with people in my dwindling little friends list to get out of the echo chamber. I said I stayed in there too long, and I'm, please, get the fuck out of there so you can actually use your eyes and see again. And it's hard. It's so easy to sit there and glow and, and bask in the warm glow of online virtual tribalism where you're in a position of egocentric superiority over the other and where you're fighting evil online. Yeah, it's so yeah. easy to fall into that. So easy. I did it, man. I did it for a long time. It was triggered by Sarah Palin and the Tea Party, and I, I was I, anything that was anti-Palin, anti-Tea Party in the beginning, I was all for it. And then that ideological drift that I talked about in my podcast took over, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting here commiserating with the Green Tea Party. (laughs) Wait a minute. I I got lucky that somebody pointed something out to me and and helped me to sort of extract myself from that and be able to help me see a little bit more clearly in about a year ago. Most people don't. Most people won't. Even Even if it's shown to them, they will refuse to see it. It's an internal switch in the mind. You can't push that for anybody else either. You can't tell them. They have to really legitimately want to self-examine themselves enough to see it and push that button for themselves. That's painful, man. It requires vulnerability to admit you're wrong. Oh, my God. Horror. Nobody will do it. Nobody's doing it. Well, yeah. No, that's why I wanted to talk about this Laura Ingram thing because this this is what really bugs me about this David Hogg kid. You can't go out there and say that everyone needs to listen to you and and then when somebody criticizes you like, "Oh, I'm just a kid. You're attacking a kid who's been traumatized too." He's not doing like, that. He's it's, he he is though. He I haven't is. seen it. I've been following that kid. I haven't seen him say that. I've seen him retweet okay, well, other people in my say mind. It. All right, well, let me set the table here though. So, Laura Ingram tweets out a story that somebody else did about David Hogg getting uh, like four rejection letters from from different colleges, and David Hogg is interviewed in that story. She re- she tweets the story out saying David Hogg is rejected by four colleges and whines about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I saw it. What's what's David Hogg's response? Oh. Laura Ingram's a vile person. Everyone needs to uh, boycott her. Show. You should, here's yeah. a list of all of her advertisers. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, boycott right. her show because of what she said. Right? If you want to run with the wolves at night, don't expect to spar with the puppies during the day. If right. you're going to throw your hat into the political ring, yeah. you better be ready to fucking take it. Or keep your fucking cock holster shut, you off-brand Frankie Munez-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Dude, I, I can't stand that fucking kid, and I got a different reason, but... Yeah, I'm just. I'm sorry. I know you had a good rant going. I'm gonna let you finish, but no, go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry, but I. Well, no, I mean that's pretty much it. But I, I know that he's not saying like, "Oh, you can't attack me. I'm a kid." But he kind of is when no, because he's like he, when when he's saying that what what Laura Ingram said was crossing some sort of line. When all she was saying was, "This kid is whining about not getting into these schools." He's been. That, that's an attack on somebody. He has been all over everything, calling out adults. And this and that, and we're starting a revolution, and this and that, and shut up, dude. You're 17. He's, he's a kid Talk talking to any a lot of, of hyperbolic nonsense yeah. that he can't back up. Talk to any of us at 17. We're fu- we were fucking idiots. 
All right, I don't give. Great, I. You know what? I understand you and a lot of your friends went through some horrific shit that none of us didn't go through. I understand that, but stop telling a like, dude. You are. I, I, I default to Rich and the Dennis Leary quote that he loves so much. You're 18. You don't know shit about shit, and pull up your pants. Right. All right. But, uh, it's not like Laura Ingram just like. Is seeking out students that have survived some sort of violent incident and making fun of them, right? She's going after David Hogg because David Hogg is out there pushing an an agenda that she's on the other side of. Well, what's also interesting is that there's been parents and other students from the Parkland shooting who have spoken up, gave interviews, and they don't get half the attention that David Hogg and Sinead O'Connor's illegitimate child does. And it's like, hmm, I wonder why. Is it because if, because let's, let's just stop. Well, because those uh, two are C- personalities. That's who everyone wants like, to trust see. Trust me, C- I, w- I want to. CNN, CNN agrees with what they're fucking saying, so they're going to put them on. On top of that, they also know they're going to get asses in the seats by putting them on because people are going to either watch it and go, yeah, and root them on or get outraged. So either That's way, it. people That's are fucking watching. But That's ideologically, Let's not bullshit ourselves that most people in the media lean to the left, and that's putting it very fucking mildly. I'm not saying all of them, obviously. Arguing that point should disqualify you from further conversation. Arguing the point that there is liberal media bias should disqualify you from participating in any further social discussion as far as I'm concerned. My problem with him, and I will say this, I haven't heard him say it, but he's definitely stood there and let people say it on his behalf. And people have come, okay, because there was this apparently this thing instead of the walk out, an, an alternative offered was the walk up. The walk up? And basically, What's that? The, kids that, the kids that everybody makes fun of, the kids that everybody ostracizes, why don't you go try to, oh, I don't know, talk to them. Stop bullying them. Oh. Stop fucking with them. And all these people come out and said, how fucking dare you blame these children for bullying these kids into doing this? Don't you put the blood of these children on the on these kids. Basically defending these kids' right to bully other kids. Now let me break this the fuck down for you. You early on said Alzheimer's having motherfuckers in America. After Columbine, everybody went fucking batshit, fuck nuts for zero tolerance policies on bullying. Now we have... The same fucking people on, the pol- on that side of the political spectrum saying, oh, of course we should be able to bully these kids. That doesn't give them an excuse to show up to place. Of course it fucking doesn't. But why were you so hot to trot in, two- in 1999 to have zero tolerance policies to where a kid brings a fucking toenail clipper to school and he gets expelled and he's got to go to the short bus emotionally impaired school for the rest of his fucking schooling career. But now all of a sudden, no, 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 no. That, 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 that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Oh, is it maybe because this kid had posted things that could be seen as right-wing, Trump-supporting? Is that it? So, you, so you're going to fucking say, how dare you use this tragedy and pick on children who've lived through a tragedy for your political gain? Yet you're throwing them right under the same fucking bus for your political gain. Fuck you. Right. I don't want to fucking hear it. You know, no, no, actually, you can say it all you want. And I'm going to tell you to pour molten fucking hot lava in your fucking asshole and go die somewhere painfully. Fuck you. I don't, I don't, I'm sick of this shit. And I'm sorry. 
Oh, you survived a, you survived a, a school shooting. You know what, kids? That's fucked up. I've had a gun stuck to the back of my head multiple times in my life. Where's my march? Where's <laughs> CNN at my door asking me how I felt when the motherfucker said, make your peace with whatever God you believe in because you're dying tonight? I wasn't, I wasn't lucky enough to be eight classrooms over when the fucking shooting started and able to run out and look for a fucking camera to stick my fucking goofy-ass face in. No, I had to fucking get up and finish my shift at work. That's what I had to do. But I'm not, I'm not sexy. I'm not a kid from a fucking rich, affluent suburb in fucking Florida whose daddy's an FBI agent and who vacations in fucking L.A. You didn't get to go on any panels as a gun expert? No, I didn't get to go on Bill Maher and, and basically say, fuck everybody who's, over, who's older than me. No, because you know why? Because the real world doesn't give a shit. And I'm sorry, this is just like with the net neutrality thing. We want the ability to fuck you over and throttle your internet and charge you more for a higher speed internet, but we're not going to do it, we promise. But we really need the ability to do it, but we're not going to do it, but we're going to spend millions of dollars to get it, to lobby for the ability to do it, but we're not going to do it. So well, I feel when they're like, we're not trying know, to take your guns. Here's but the thing. Nobody, you know, we, want the, we want the ability to if we want to. Nobody on that side of the, the political spectrum gives two shits about these kids. Okay? If, if they did, wait, I mean, how many people were killed in Las Vegas? If it was really about the survivors of a mass shooting speaking out and starting a movement, where was the movement after Las Vegas? Because it was a fucking country concert that they is assumed... Now, well, was Tom Penny died, of, too. And fuck that all up. Of, <laughs> is, this is... This is Todd, this, I mean, is the answer, this is the answer I've gotten from people. It was a rhetorical question. Posed it. I, I don't okay, care. Sorry, it's, it's a rhetorical <laughs> question. <laughs> I really wasn't right. asking. Sorry. Fuck it, my bad. Go. <laughs> no, it's cool. It, no, but there wasn't anything. You know, it was just a bunch of back and forth. The circular gun control conversations have been being had for the last 15 fucking years. Same, uh, same shooting, different, whatever. Um, same shit, different shooting. The reason that these kids, these children, are being propped up now is because they're rather articulate, they're clean cut, they're rich, they're white, they're affluent. It's just a terrible tragedy that these poor children, you know, had to endure this. And then this movement came about. And what they've done is they've taken the, uh, for the children, you know, you, you know, the political propaganda advertising protect your family, protect the children. It's all for the children. Well, now they have the children that they can prop up as sacred cows and shut down every ounce of debate. In other words, if you disagree, you turn that off. <laughs> every ounce of debate that you have now, you can prop these little, you can take these little flesh props up and put them on a pedestal as sacred cows and basically take the heretics by the back of the head and cut their tongue out. That's all this is. They don't give two shits about these kids. If you disagree, if you disagree with them, you hate kids. Exactly. Exactly. That's cutting the tongue out. The right does this with veterans. It's the same thing. Oh, my God. He's a veteran. You can't argue with him. He's a deity now. They, it's the same damn thing. It's being replayed on the left. It, on the, the left is using the same tactic the right has used with veterans for years. They're sacred fucking cows. They're infallible because they're children. Fuck and, you, and David before, Hogg. Fuck you. And, bef and before veterans, I remember this. It was starting to die off as I hit my teenage years. But anytime any subject of racism or the subject of reparations for slavery come up, the first thing every 
hardcore conservative and right wing person I knew said was, well, "Why don't you go ask the Indians how they're fucking doing?" Right. It's like you don't give a shit about the fucking other. Indians. You don't give a fuck. You well, just you apply, to deflect the question. You can apply it to blacks. You know, it, it's it's all over the place. It's all over the place. It's just using well, it's it's propping a specific group of people up as a prop to to, to basically shut down conversation and debate. Well, you know what? Send that sacred cow my way because I like hamburgers. And the Indians tell you to. Uh, they'd have to uh, schedule an appointment with you because uh, they have a meeting with their accountant. Well, I, you know, here's here's the unsettling thing about this is that most of my friends who are for gun stricter gun regulations, the first thing they say is literally wrong use. No one is trying to take your guns, <laughs> but then you talk to them for five minutes. And yeah, they I'll are. Be fair. I'll be fair. Five to ten minutes. <laughs> and all you have to do is mention the Second Amendment. We give them a quarter hour. And you just, you, you mention Second Amendment, and you hit the stopwatch, and you just set the over-under, like you're, like you're a Vegas sports book, on how long it takes them to say, what, what, what we actually need to do is repeal the Second Amendment. Yeah. That's taking your fucking guns. Okay? Period. Now, if that's your stated fucking end game, don't be a chicken shit. Say it. Let's let's find out where you stand. Because then we can at least move forward knowing we're dealing with reality. But this is not what these people ever fucking do. And it's not just people on the left. It's everybody when it comes to politics. We're it's Todd, you might get this analogy. How many times if when 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 a team's tanking, does the does the general manager or the owner get up and go, uh, we know that, you know, we haven't performed like we wanted to this season, but we have all the the confidence in the world, our manager, he's going to be our manager for foreseeable future, and three weeks later, he's fired. It's talking, it's talking out of one side of your mouth and then doing the exact opposite. Because t- today, in today's world, we value more the bullshit people say than what their actions actually do. For some reason, at some point, it's, if I tell you I'm not racist, but then I'm the top poster on Stormfront, somehow... What I said carries more weight than what I do. Yeah, when when we were when we were coming up, it was action spoke louder than words, and at some point they have juxtaposed. Well, it's because of how how do you put forth any action when you spend your entire time on a device or on a computer posting to social media, internet virtual activism hashtag hashtag. There's no action. It's all words now. Well, that goes. That's why you have a whole generation who now feel that. Words are violence. <laughs> that, that if I say I disagree with you, basically I just stood up and said, let's lynch this person. Yeah. And that's how come you have to take my right to say I disagree with you away from me. It's for our own good. It's to, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the single mommies love Star Trek, so they set them down in front of Wrath of Khan, and they watch Spock die, and, you know, the good of the many outweigh the good of the few. And it's like, yeah, that's a fucking movie, dude. Did you not notice they're traveling through space at faster than light speed? We can't do that. That's not reality, dipshit. It's entertaining. You cry a little bit when Spock dies. You move the fuck on. He comes back in the next one. Spoiler for a 30-year-old movie, but there you go. But you know, these this, idiots were raised on this shit, and they believe it. This week may have been when I saw that... Uh that trend. Oh my God, you're traumatizing a child who survived a massacre. When I saw that and put it together, connected the dots, saw what they're trying to do. 
the actual foundation of that rhetorical fart. I think this may have been uh, sort of a Rubicon moment for me, just personally, in the sense that uh, I don't think that there's any way I will ever be able to vote for a liberal until the Green Tea Party is extracted from the Democratic Party. And I said the same thing about the Tea Party almost 10 years ago. It's gotten to the point where I can't do it. I mean, if, I'm, if you were to put a gun to my head and take me to the polls, I don't know about this year, but uh, at least in 2020, I don't think that I could vote if I had to stay within the dialectic. I don't think I could vote for anyone other than Trump. Damn. Because this, no, I'm not kidding. Well, and well, I think this, Anyone other than Trump? If if you're gonna force me, let me let me repeat that just to be to be clear. If you're gonna put a gun to my let me finish. God damn it! (laughs) Stop that. If you were going to take me to the voting booth, put a gun to the back of my head, and force me to vote the dialectic, either Trump or whoever the whatever the uh, communists they throw up, or the now I'm not gonna use that word, but whoever the far left radical they throw up against Trump in 2020. If you were gonna force me to vote for one of those two, I do not think that I could vote for the Democrat. I would have to vote for Trump. Because I think this is gotten to the point where the authoritarianism is now more dangerous than the fascism. To me. To my rights, to everybody else's rights. This is I can understand that actually. Yeah. I can't. And he, listen to me, guys. You've known me for four years. You've known me. We've had conversations. You heard the old podcast. Do you realize how thunderous it is for me to make that statement? I think you do. Uh, you don't yeah. say it lightly. I know that. This is, it's, it's gotten to the point where the resistance is now the enemy. I, I honestly believe that. And I think that, well, that what we were just talking about, I think, was the, uh, the final step over the Rubicon for me this week. If, if, if you're going to just be very just a pragmatist about it, why would you vote for somebody or a group of people who pick someone to represent them? And that group's stated end game is to basically make you a second class citizen. You're reading my mind. You'd have to be a masochist. If I would, that would be like the equivalent of a black person voting for David Duke when he ran for governor. It doesn't make sense. And if you're going to play the, the, this game, you're going to, you're going <laughs> to, like, like you said, you're going, you're going to create people who are going to start thinking along the same lines as you, but they're going to think it in the photo negative, literally as far as the colors go. You're, right. You want to see everything but white as something that is above reproach then they're going to start seeing everything that's not white as an enemy and a threat to them. I mean, one of the things I'd never, I've never, I've, I've tried to explain this to people. If you want to force equality, everybody's standards aren't going to go up to the top person's standards. Everybody's not going to live as well as the best person. They're going to drag the majority down, and they're going to take everybody's rights away to where everybody's treated as a case in point with like cops and, and, and shooting black males, you know, NPRs had a bunch of, 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 you know, talk about it because of the Sacramento shit and everything going on. And there's people on there that are like, well, I just want white people to be treated like black people are like a black male is. And it's like, why would you want people's rights to be violated? Why is not your stated goal? I want everybody to be treated with the rights that we are given. 
that we have. And we aren't given, we have them. Why, you know, in, in, in it, the BBC, when, when they had, I don't know, a couple female anchor people quit, and five of the male anchors said, well, why did you quit? Oh, because they pay the male anchors more than the female anchors. The male anchors goes, well, we'll take a pay cut. We're all paid as much as the lowest female anchor. There's your there's your forced equality for you folks. That's yeah. what happens. I said I'll absorb your salary. Thanks for quitting. I don't know. I there's no other way to there's no other way to get around it because whether you're you know Bob Dylan has a song. You're going to serve somebody. You're either going to serve the state. You're going to serve a corporation. You're going to serve the individual. And we have too few people who are willing to serve the individual and are more than will there be the right wanting to give everything and privatize everything and give everything to corporations, whether it be the left wanting the state to be mommy and daddy. We have too few people that are going, fuck that. The, there needs to be a balance, and we need to make sure we keep the balance. We need to be ever, ever fucking vigilant about that. Yeah. But, you know, it reminds me of Cuba. We were talking about Cuba earlier. And, you know, before, I, I forget his first name, but uh, Batista was the right-wing strongman that was... Uh, were propped up by the U.S. and Cuba in the right. 50s. And this guy comes over on a boat from Mexico, and he's promising to liberate the people from this evil dictator that's propped up by the capitalist pig, you know, the colonialists up in the U.S., and turned into uh, a murderous regime, you know, Castro, Che Guevara. You know, sometimes there is no good answer. Sometimes there is... Two and two doesn't always equal four. You know what I mean? And I think we're, in, we're coming really close to that situation now. I don't think there is an alternative that is palatable, at least for me. I see this as sort of a movement that is pushing itself off into Che Guevara territory, where you speak out against the, you know, the, uh, the holy scripture and be put in front of a firing squad. I don't mean that literally. I don't think they're ever going to shoot people, but... Go, go and try to argue with David Hogg. That's essentially what they're doing to you, metaphorically. Right. Blasphemer, heretic, burn him. Cut his tongue out. You know, and, there's a very... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just... Uh, it's, I guess you could take that down probably three different avenues if you wanted to. You can look at the free speech, uh, the lack thereof, on college campuses, um, in the media. It's all, like we said earlier, you know, if you think there's not a liberal media bias, there's something wrong with you. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't see either one of these avenues um, as a positive one. And if I'm going to have to vote, you're going to put a gun to my head. I'm going to vote for the one that doesn't want to turn me into a third class citizen. One that doesn't blame me for all the ills in the world. All politics is personal, right? Yeah. It tries to silence everything I say. The bitch of it is, is that... You're, it, it's it's pulling teeth in the middle of a conversation, trying to get people to understand. I don't want to have a permanent underclass based on race or you know economic status in this country. But when it comes to just cold hard facts, you have to show me where the alternative solutions to what we have that you are presenting have worked historically. And every single fucking time I have this conversation with anyone who's pushing collectivism and, and, and socialism, some even put flat out 
push communism. And I said, I, all the historical examples of where it didn't work, it, it wasn't real communism, it wasn't real socialism, it wasn't... And I'm like, oh my God, okay, take that out of your mouth. That, that's no longer in your vocabulary. Where has it ever worked on a massive nationwide scale? It's never communism. It's never real communism because real communism only exists on paper. It does not take the human factor into account. What human right. beings will do when they're given that much control over society. That's hey, why real communism doesn't exist is because human beings run it and corrupt it. I'm not supporting communism at all. But we don't know how that would work because we've never seen it because human beings are the ones that are implementing it. And it always, right. you're right, it pure, always turns pure, into a, an oppressive state. Pure communism could only exist in a computer simulation. Exactly. And on, a, on some guy's piece of paper in the 1830s or 50s yeah. or whatever it was. That's and, it. It's and, a stupid and, argument, Rich. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's a stupid argument. And, and the frustrating thing is, I'm even so far, you know, maybe I'm a fucking... <laughs> Maybe I'm a dreamer. Uh, You're not I'm, the only one. No, this, but is, I mean, I'm even willing to go so far as some sort of hybrid. You know what I'm saying? Like we have right. we have socialist elements in our country that work very well. The hybrid social democracy that was around in the, in the 1930s. The social democrats went up against Hitler, or tried to. I mean, they I mean, tried I, the hybrid before. But I mean, I, 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 the system we have is flawed, and I'm never. I, okay, I shouldn't say never. I can't ever imagine being so complacent that I just go, yeah, it's flawed, but whatever. No, there's going to always be ways we could fix it. There's going to always be things we could do, do better at. But well, I, you've can't get, I can't get with this attitude of, well, it doesn't work as well for this person, so everybody has to suffer just as much as this person is suffering to prove how empathetic and understanding we are of them. Look, you could get, Todd, if you got gut shot, and th I, I don't mean, need to be gut shot to understand that you're in pain. But it, that is how communism was sold, right? I mean, you should feel shame for having yeah, exactly. something that your neighbor doesn't have. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they got it. They had to, they had to, you know, the bourgeois and they had to fucking, you know, look at them and, and, and how dare they look at the large east they live in and you live in squalor. Again, that's the utopia. Part of the utopia philosophy, I don't know if this is actually true or not, I'm going to add it to it. Part of the utopian notion is that all people will feel bad because they have something their neighbor doesn't. That's not human nature. It's human nature to say, <laughs> I have a new Prius and they're still driving the Datsun. <laughs> I'm better than them. That's human nature. So to expect to change that through some sort of ideology or philosophy is ridiculous and that's why communism doesn't work that's why you have to have an autocrat that's why you have to have an authoritarian to tell people to think that they should feel bad because they have something their neighbor doesn't that's why it always turns into oppression because it doesn't it, it, it again I'll repeat myself it doesn't take human nature into account one of the best one of the best examples I've recently heard that really kind of cemented my 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 shift because i mean i i used to consider myself a half-ass socialist i don't know what you call democratic socialist whatever the fuck you want yeah. to call it me too you know um yeah i was right there with you but but one of the things that cemented how i now feel was listening to professor eric weinstein weinstein yeah weinstein not weinstein uh the the professor who uh was fired from uh oh shit i've 
the college in the Pacific Northwest because you refused to participate in a day without white people. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember. And he is as liberal as it comes. He is for, he is for, he's pro, pro choice. He is for gay, lesbian, trans rights, everything. By anybody's definition, he's as liberal as they come. And he said, here's the problem with communism. You have to get everybody on the boat an oar, and they all have to row at the exact same time in the exact same direction. If you can get that to happen, it will work for a while until some people figure out how to exploit the people rowing the boat and sit back and not row the boat and get fat off of their fucking labor. Wouldn't that happen on day one? There'd be like, on every team, there'd be the one guy who's just like, I'm just going to put my hands on this, and nobody's going to tell that I'm not actually pushing it. But, 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 but you see what I'm saying? You get be the boat moving. You get the boat moving. The smart ones will figure that shit out. And it, it reminds yeah, me. It reminds me of the slaves in Roman times. You've all seen those movies where they've got the big boats and they've got all the slaves chained together. Right. You know, there's always some big motherfucker walking up and down the center of that thing, smacking people in the back of the head with a stick who aren't pulling at the same time, you know what I mean? The people right. that figured out how, how to fake it, there's always some dude that's there to bring a big piece of wood crashing down on the back of their head. It's <laughs> a good metaphor for this. It's a perfect Absolutely. metaphor. That's great, Rich. That's a really good way to look at it. Because there's always going to be some lazy guy, some guy that does, uh, maybe a guy, not even lazy, maybe a guy with a, a streak of individuality left in, a shred of it left in his body. That isn't going to cooperate with it, and he's going to be need. He's you're going to need to smack him in the back of the head to get him to pull that oar. But see, when I, when I when I gave that example to my brother, the first words out of his mouth were, "Well, oh, so people who are physically incapable of rowing are just we're just going <laughs> to leave them behind." And I said, "Why did your mind go? No, those. If you look, we are at a point in society in this country." where we can afford to take care of the people who can't take care of themselves, legitimately can't take care of themselves, or need assistance in taking care of themselves. Sure. Okay? I have no fucking problem with that. That's not what I was talking about. I guarantee all three of you gentlemen understood that's not who I was talking about in that example. But that's Here's, immediately where his mind went to. Yeah, well, oh. it, well but this is, there's, this is right there's back also, to what we were talking about. Yeah, there's also an element, too, that... At some point, you quit wasting your time on the remedial. <laughs> you know, the people that don't quite get the implicit idea or don't. And just want to sit there and drag you down and throw a, a ball on a chain on your ankle and chuck you into the, the deep sea of rhetoric. Or don't want right. to get. This is the, he, he threw the handicapped people out there as a shield for his lack of argument. Exactly. It's a deflection. It's, it's throwing you into the abyss so you can't really continue having a good conversation. Fuck those people. Fuck them in the butt. Hard. <laughs> I just don't, I I don't have any. like that. No I have, I've seen so much of that over the last 10 years, bouncing around with these avatars on, in the Matrix. I have no patience left for it anymore. None. I mean, it's just, let me, get the let fuck me out of, if, get out of the fucking conversation if you want to be, you. pretend to be that dumb. Let me ask you guys a question, honestly. Okay. If someone's born mentally handicapped, challenged, whatever the fuck is the preferred nomenclature of today that Tumblr put as, as acceptable to say today, uh, do you have any problem with 
some of the money that goes to the government to help these people to where they no. can nope. live they can live on their own or with as little assistance as possible nope no. and they can't help it someone's got to help them yeah what are we going to do it, i mean you're going to you're going to engage in eugenics you're going to put them down how, i mean <laughs> how, how what's the alternative here exactly so i mean that is such a fucking straw man to throw out there and act like, oh, this is what you're really saying. No. So, so burn it. Burn the straw man. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm, just, you're, you, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, dude, but what I'm hearing is a lot of wasted intellect on a stupid conversation when you could be directing it somewhere else. This is just, it, it's stupid to engage in it anymore. Well, one of, the, see, things, one of, the, one of the things that I, the problems that I run into in conversations and I'm sure you guys have had this happen, maybe online, maybe in person, is that people will go, oh, so what you're saying is, no, what I'm saying is exactly what the fuck I said. Yeah. Stop trying to reframe what I said to yeah. fit your agenda that you have about me. Yeah. Don't, you know, oh, so what you mean to say is, no, I, I'm very capable of, exp- of expressing myself and getting across what I mean to say. You're pretty articulate, Rich. I think you could do it. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> If I'm not articulate, at least I'm verbose. But I mean, I can get, I can, I, you know. There's a I distinction can, there. <laughs> I think I can make my own argument. I don't need the person I'm talking to to reframe it for me and go, it's okay, little child. We understand your mind was working too fast and you stuttered for a second. We figured it all out for you. No, what you're, what, what they're saying when they say, so what you're saying is, is that they, this is how they choose to interpret it. This is part of, uh, Who's doing the editing this week? You can take that piece from earlier and hit the control V button <laughs> right there here. Yeah, That's how they do v. it. That's Done. how they reinforce the, the echo chamber, their own echo chamber. You've done something that challenges or threatens to drag them outside of the echo chamber walls, and that is how they keep themselves inside of it. They do not want to consider other information, another point of view. They don't want to do that because they may, I think, I honestly believe this. They may discover, hey, you're right about this. And then they have to go through the work of integrating that into their schema. And I don't know, I can't have that. That goes, that's, that's blasphemy and heresy there. Can't have that shit. Nope. So, this, so what you're really saying is yeah. that if I have sex with my cousin, I go to hell. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's, 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 it's stupid. It's a waste of time to engage people who engage in that. And I think, you know, I, I said in my podcast last week that at some point you got to start talking about solutions or you turn into a guy, and I, I'm afraid I'm doing this, <laughs> that's going into the hospice ward and reminding people they have cancer. You know what I mean? If you don't have, if you're not discussing and engaging, at least in small microcosmical solutions where you are discussing things that is going to affect something. You're going into a cancer ward and reminding the bald kid he's got cancer. Uh-huh, hey, you, you still got it. Oh, looks like you went bald from the chemo this week. How long you got? <laughs> huh, you got cancer. You know that, right? And then walking out, right? We have to figure out a way. I'm not saying we got to do this tonight. But uh, we've got to figure out a way to start Nobody discussing. Nobody this podcast until we figure <laughs> yeah. this out. Yeah, right. <laughs> But, I mean, at some point, it's got to pivot to that because I seriously, I do not have it in me to just sit here and just keep making the same points and observations over and over and over and over and over again. I think, I think part of the tip of the iceberg of offering solutions 
is identifying people who will take an attempt to apply the advice or the solutions that you give them. Or discuss them, or at least have a good discussion about them. Exactly. And I think two things... I think the two things that need to happen is we need people need to be willing to sit down and have uncomfortable conversations and be honest, and they need to be able to sit down and do them face to face, ideally, or over a phone, well, over 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 something. Not, right. And I'm not talking about Bill Maher type situations where it's I say my talking points, you say your talking right, points, right, the crowd right, claps, right. the crowd boos. Wait, you, you know what this makes me think of though? Like it, it used to be. It was uh, gauche to talk about politics, especially just casually. You know, if you knew somebody and you you knew their point of view, you could have a conversation with them about it. But it it wasn't something that you... It was a subject to be avoided at the cocktail parties, right? Uh, And... Now it's the jumping off point. Now it's a it's a way to craft to it's a starting point a skeleton to craft our avatars around, and right. almost a reason for being for some people. And so I'm not saying that we should be like more closed about our points of view or something like that. But in those days, you know, if you were to overcome a prejudice, it was because you got to know somebody, right? I'll challenge you, that. You got to know your neighbor. And he's an all right guy. And then you found out, you know, this about him. And you're like, well, you know, maybe not all, you know, my neighbor's gay. Maybe not all gay people are bad. He's a pretty straight dude. Whereas if I, and again, I'm not saying that one of these are are right or wrong. I'm just kind of uh, laying out the juxtaposition, I guess. But if your neighbor is out, you might just go, I'm not even going to go talk to that guy exactly. because that's not my thing. Right. Yeah, and I, that's what I, I will challenge one thing on that, where yes. you, you said that you don't think that maybe we should necessarily keep our political opinions quiet. Maybe we should. Maybe that's exactly what we should do. Well, because I think we should be more selective about it. We shouldn't lead with it because it's not, it shouldn't be something that defines us. Well, one of the problems we've got, I think, is that we've lost this. I've said this a hundred times on this podcast and my own, is that part of the problem we have is we have no sense of commonality anymore. We divide ourselves down the, ide- um, the political uh, uh, identity politics line. I'm a woman, yeah. I'm a man, I'm black, I'm white, I'm Latino, I'm trans. And we divide None ourselves of those are up a starting that way. point for conversations. <laughs> well, they, they, honestly, today, they are. And we also divide ourselves along the left-right spectrum. And maybe if we stop doing that, stop talking about those sorts of things, and, and actually started to get to know each other as human beings without the politics, without the religion, without the identity politics, maybe we would start to sort of, sort of foster and grow that sense of commonality as Americans. Well, and then suddenly maybe this shit wouldn't quite seem... It would be put back into relative right. perspective of importance. But but the genie's out of the bottle. We're now in a position where we have to actively seek out uh, a, an opinion that is, differs from ours, where before it was just kind of thrust upon us by circumstance. Shit, man. We have to actively seek out shelter from being bombarded from all opinions of all kinds now. Aren't one of the basics of interpersonal communication or you're supposed to try to find common ground with somebody? Theoretically. 
I always, I, that's what I was always taught. That, that, that <laughs> apparently has been set on fire and thrown into the garbage. Well, I think I, I, it almost seems maybe the opposite to me. Like, a good conversation means that you will find common ground. You will find that there are... But it's the process things. of seeking that, I think, is what he was saying. Finding common ground. You have to have a conversation in order to get to it. You don't wear it on your... Well, actually, we right. kind of do wear it on yeah. our foreheads now. <laughs> well, I'm saying... Dude, that's... That's why I fucking keep the lights on at my house is I like part one of the basic tenets of my job is I have to find common ground with people I have right. nothing in common with. You well, need I, to watch I, Roseanne but, this week, Chris. There's she I basically just quoted specific, you. Like, <laughs> specifically, it's common ground that takes us down a different path. That where we're you know, we can right. find common ground by saying, hey, this is me. This is how I identify. And I know that I can find lots of people out on, online that have the same interests as me. If I want to talk comic books, you know, I, I, have, I know people on Twitter that I can have conversations with if I chose to. And, we, and I would have common ground with them. That is not mm-hmm. challenging common ground. That is not growing as a person. That's just wanting to, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be amongst people who agree with you and make you feel like you're not alone in the world. There's, there's a lot of positive things to be got from that. Sure. But, but it's, the growth comes from when you find common ground down the path that you wouldn't have normally taken. I think, I think part of it is also. And, and we have to actively choose to do that before, before the internet. It was about where did you live, where do you work, and who's your family? And right. you had to find common ground amongst those people. It doesn't mean you're going to get along with everyone, but there was some incentive to you know, knowing and, and finding common ground amongst your neighbors, amongst your, the people that you work with. And that might, it's certainly not true at all for neighbors now. It's even less so probably true for uh, coworkers. You can just keep your head down, go home, and express yourself online and right. have your community of friends there. I think. I think uh, um, another answer that people need to to keep like an app running in the background at all times is you know I I have a lot of people who say they're friends of mine who say yeah if we disagree politically I can't be friends with you because your political beliefs echo how you view the world and if you think that I it, it, people's rights should be taken away because of their sexuality their color their gender whatever the fuck then I don't want to be friends with you. That, it's like okay, it's that, fucked up to me, man. Uh, here's here's the one thing that 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 I heard someone on a podcast say that that I tr- I try to keep in mind. As long case in point, healthcare. You know, uh, this guy was talking. He was on a podcast. He's like, you know, my mother is very much for single payer. My father is very much free market. I have to keep in mind that both of them want the same goal: cheaper, better more readily available health care. And if you keep that in mind, that ultimately you're working towards the same goal, you're just disagreeing on what route to take there to that goal, it's easier not to turn it into fucking socialist, fucking capitalist, blah, 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 name-calling, pointing, and then next thing you know, someone's accused of preferring the company of men to women. You know what I'm saying? So You know, that, that does remind me of... Uh, one of the things that I really did like about the episode of Roseanne that I watched. I think this kind of ties in because while she might, she herself might be a nut job, the show, it manages to be nuanced enough where 
when they the subject of healthcare comes up when they're divvying up the pills, right? And he had to double pay and got half as many and all that. If she was just a, uh, if the show was just based on her being a, a a diehard Trump supporter, then they would have that be about how, you know, thank God we don't have to have Obamacare anymore or something like that. You know, it, it would be some positive spin on their health care. But she was actually saying, like, you know, it, I may have voted for Trump, but he didn't fix everything, at, you know, that he, that he said he was going to. And we're still struggling with this, like many people are. And no politician fixes everything he says he was going to. I've actually had friends of mine who are black that said, nothing well, right, really that, changed with Obama yeah. in office. And I'm like, welcome to, welcome to 44 or 43 presidents before you, <laughs> just because they... <laughs> Just because we share the same lack of, you know, or, or the same skin tone doesn't mean that automatically your life's going to get better right. or worse based upon that. Exactly. But I think, I think that was also an, a good instance of common ground. I think that was put in the show to, to specifically point out that there's things that regardless of our politics are going to affect us all. And this is, this is one of those issues. No, I, I, yeah. And that's to me. And, and what did the liberals do? They lambasted her and her show, told everyone that that they should be watching. What, what is the Netflix reboot? The uh, uh, One Day at a Time, I think it was. Somebody, somebody on Twitter was like, "Hey, if you like, if you think that uh, you just think oh, that Roseanne house. was funny, no, it wasn't Full House. Okay. It was One Day at a Time." Yeah, I'm, I'm actually sure of this now. They, somebody said, "If you if you liked." If you thought that Roseanne was a good idea for a show, but didn't like her politics, you should be watching one day at a time because that's your your liberal version, and everyone flocked to that show. You know, there's that's what I'm saying. It there was a lot of common ground presented in that show, and people spurned it because of it. They didn't want anything to do with it. They're not gonna. They're not going to watch a show that challenges them in that way. That makes them think that. Trump supporters aren't racist bigots, that they don't have to deal with all the same problems that, that everyone else does. And I think you hit the nail on the head, challenges them. Yeah. I think there's, yeah. we could go into an entire podcast on the reason that, that, that it, it seems, and this isn't the younger generations, it's not the millennials or the Tide Pod generation, it's, it's just, it's something even I notice in my generation, it's that we don't like... There's a lot more people who aren't willing to fail or are afraid to fail so much. They just, they freeze and they don't try. So they don't challenge themselves. And it's one of the reasons whether or not. What do you mean? What do you mean specifically by that? Okay. Yeah. I have a lot of friends growing up who, if they got a new video game, just just as, as an example, and they didn't automatically, they weren't automatically great at it when they played it. Oh, that game fucking sucks. It's stupid. And it's like, well, how the fuck are you going to get better at something unless you challenge yourself? The game cheated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was another one. Todd, Listen, we, motherfuckers, we, MLB 18 cheats all the time. I don't give a shit what you say. That motherfucker. One hit I gave up of Verlander this afternoon. It happened to be a home run. I'm trying to throw a complete game shutout to get my points. It cheated. I'm telling you. No, I can continue. You slap the reset button. The game but, cheated. But, 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 Todd, when we, were, when we were playing online, we were playing baseball online. You were like, you know, well, my team's a little bit, you know, beefier than yours. I've been at it for a little bit longer. I said, yeah, but how am I going to get any better at it if I don't play people who are better than me or teams that have better players than me? And you and took a beating that, for it. 
And, you know, I, yeah, pretty Sorry. much. But, but the, the point is, is that you're right. I ain't scared. Yeah. What, what did I, that I, loss cost me? Nothing. It's going to teach me what not to do next time. The reason I the reason I ask that question, I think we can tie this into back to the internet if we really want to, and bear with me uh-huh. for just a second. But I um, posted something on my page. I may have put it on the uh, unregimented Facebook page as well. That there's a tie into this understanding media, and I think I may have touched on it last week, where we're dealing with a new technology with the internet, where everything moves at the speed of light. We are access to so much disconnected data now that people are literally flooded with so much data it's impossible to sort through it it's hard fucking work to take data and sift through it and organize it into something that's useful something that's applicable with context and to take data to knowledge you know there's four steps up this pyramid data knowledge um what is it it's data information knowledge wisdom that's the this pyramid thing and okay. there's so much data out there that it's almost impossible that without an incredible amount of perseverance and vigilance you can't take data to information you can't even get off the bottom level of that pyramid and i think to tie it into what you were saying rich is that i think people just give the fuck up that they can't, they have no idea how to take all of this information. They don't know what's true. They don't know what's fake. They don't know what's real. They can't tell a Photoshop picture anymore. So fuck it. Why bother? I give up. But it's even, sort of like uh, video yeah. and, and voice footage can be faked now very convincingly. Yeah. There's a thing I, I posted uh, somewhere earlier this week where in about five years they're going to be able to construct video of someone saying something you're going to be able to tell it's fake yeah oh todd you can go on reddit right now well they might have taken it off reddit there was a there was a subreddit on on reddit that was nothing but taking thousands of pictures of a celebrity finding a porn star who has the same type of build body wise and and putting their face on there digitally yeah, and I watched some of them, and I was I, like, I was, I thought I was actually watching Anna Kendrick fuck. Yeah. Oh, I want to see that. Will you send that to me? <laughs> oh, she's my yeah. girl. Oh, she's That's, like four oh. six. Oh, she's my girl. I love <laughs> she's her. She's like four six. You know, who has got the oh. fattest asses and tightest. We got problems pussies. now, Todd. Mid- <laughs> I'll, I'll fucking take you out. We ain't got no problem. You got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, I sleep oh, in weeds and hitchhike. What do you do? <laughs> there's going to there's be some furniture moving around. Yeah, okay. This motherfucker. We're going to have a discrepancy. <laughs> battle for Anna Kendrick's vagina. Yeah, but no, no, know. seriously. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. The problem is, is that, once again, it just goes back to, oh, man, I don't want to do all this heavy lifting. No, it's listen, obsession, listen. It's listen, an obsession listen, listen. with being comfortable. Listen. Not being taken it, out of our comfort zones. It's, you got to, I, I, I'm trying to be sympathetic here. Because, again, it goes back to the cyberspace monkeys thing. That we are in a position right now where we're just figuring everything out. We'll be lucky to survive it culturally and maybe physically. But that may be a lot of the problem that we're having with the echo chambers and people not listening. Because it's so much to try to sort through. And if you're busy, if you're working all the time, you got kids, you're occupied with other things. Who the fuck has time to do all that? We do a podcast where the four of us are, you know, particularly interested and enthusiastic about sorting through this stuff. Most people aren't. Most people, I don't think can, I don't think they have the cognitive tools. And this doesn't, I'm not saying they're stupid. I'm saying they don't know how to take all this data, sift it, organize it, 
figure out what's what's real and what's not and take it up that pyramid scale. I don't know how to fix that. I have no idea how to fix that. This is this is something that uh, if you read the book Understanding Media, I talk a lot about that. Marshall McLuhan, he gets into that. We went through this with it changed it, these technologies when they hit an unprepared society alters things immeasurably mm-hmm. because people don't know how to deal with it. It happened with Gutenberg. It happened in the Industrial Revolution, took people out of fields, threw them in factories. They didn't know what the fuck to do. We're experiencing that right now. People don't realize it. People aren't <laughs> don't think about these things. Oh, this is neat. I got a phone. Ho, ho, ho. What did Trump do today, that motherfucker? You know? Right. How well, do you... Right. If if you go out to dinner with a group of people and you say fake news, like you polarize that table, you line people up, you know, Trump supporters versus Trump uh, people who are against Trump. If you say you can't trust the news, everybody nods. Right. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. Without without realizing how stupid that statement is, because if you can't trust any news, then you rule completely by your own gut. Right, you don't trust science. You don't trust any new information. Okay, let's you let's just can't move trust in. what people say. You you because of the the deluge of information, we have to trust certain sources. We have wherever we're getting our information from, it's from from some sort of aggregator. Somebody's decided what's important, and what's not, and went through and decided what you should right. be concerned about. Right, we used to have gatekeepers for that. Well, that I was mean, we, that was we the do have gate- that was, We used to have responsible gatekeepers. There are no there are no gatekeepers left, and you know that. You if you don't like what's being pumped into your television, you can hop online and you can go find boutique news. There are no gatekeepers left. Twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, before the internet, you got your news from the gatekeepers on network news or the newspapers. You could go out and find a, a rag publication somewhere i guess if you really wanted to so you could have toilet paper or something to line the birdcage with later on but it never it didn't reach that many people so the gatekeepers have been taken away now if you say that nobody trusts the news dude please that is so distracting i can't deal (laughs) it's like i'm half listening to the song and half uh trying to construct my thought uh but if you say that everybody can't See, now I forgot what you said. What did you say about the... Uh, can't trust the news? Yeah, yeah. And there was something you set out. Oh, that you, have to, that you have to go find something. So basically, you just reinforced the practice that's going on right now. That you, people, how are people going to do that? If you can't figure out what's true, you're going to abandon commitment to truth and just follow your gut. Whether it's true or not. That you just basically reinforced exactly what I said. So if you can't trust the media... You can't figure out what's true, what's real, what's fake, who's right, who's wrong. If you can't even decipher common facts, what are you going to do? You're going to go and run to your tribe. The people that make you feel good about your position in the world, going to give you a sense of egocentric superiority over the Auslander tribe over there. You're going to turn it into good versus evil, us versus them. It's it's human nature, man. That's, 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 That's the monkey in the jungle. So how do you cut through that? You know, that's, I, I, do, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I don't either. I, be, I don't think you can because With you a can't sickle. change non-curious people. Because to say that you don't, if you honestly believe that you can't trust anything in the news and you're saying that you're not open to any new information and you're just not a curious person, and I don't know if there's a, a fix for that. Okay, did, uh, so... So do you, did Donald Trump collude with the Russians? It seems like it. You don't know, though, for sure, do you? 
I, no, I couldn't tell you for sure. Where, where are you going to go to get that information? How are you going to find that out? Well, I, you know, I will confess that the majority of the information that I get on that issue is from Rachel Maddow. <laughs> She's the one that pushed me out of that echo chamber. <laughs> so, that, I mean, you, know, uh, you understand I, where I'm coming from? No, I, I absolutely do. And I, I will, well, I don't need to defend why I like Rachel no. Maddow. That could be a, a subject for another day. I, actually, I but, completely understand why you like her. I do. I loved her uh, once upon a time. So, but I don't. I, I don't necessarily agree with everything. You know, I I understand the source that it's coming from. <coughs> Sorry, but I I don't know where 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 does this leave us now? <laughs> no, it's, well, it, it leads. I mean, it's it's a really it's a hard question to tangle with and i think one of the yeah. things that people don't do enough of i don't think we ask the right questions enough sometimes and i i think the question is how do we get to the point collectively where we can learn to just basically sift and and sort through this deluge of non-stop data to figure out this commonality this basis of fact the common reality that we all share so we can actually start solving problems starting to find some sort of a collective bond. Because if we can't figure that out, we're going to continue to, to wall ourselves off in these different groups and our tribes. And that is a very dubious future, to say the least. Judging by the path that we've already walked in the last 10 to 15 years, the path that we've walked in the last uh, 14 months since Trump was inaugurated, 16 months since his election, it's gotten <laughs> exponentially worse. I didn't think that was possible, but it has. Yeah, I didn't think social media could get any more insufferable than it has in the last year. It's not just social media, but that's a big part of it. You know, I think maybe, you know, you said something a few weeks ago, Todd, that if you have nothing new to offer on a subject, then maybe you should just, like, bow out of the conversation. Listen. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a well-worn piece of carpet on, on a podcast I listen to a lot, but... I'm starting to agree with it. Too many people fucking talking, and they're no, not been, saying anything. It's I've been calling it the cacophony of nothing for at least six or seven years. Yeah, I mean James Brown, you know, talking loud ain't saying nothing. It, it's, yeah. it's 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 what we have going on, and you know I'm as guilty of it as anybody Me. else. Me I don't have I don't have a lot of answers, and the answers I have maybe they're not good enough because people from all walks of life that are in my that are in my life shrug them off and go, nah, well, whatever, I ain't gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Now, at some point, I would be stupid not to go. Maybe it's me. I'm not coming up with the right answers, answers that are, that are engaging to people. And maybe people go, hmm, you know what? Yeah, you know, I never thought of trying it that way. Maybe I'm stuck in the rut. And maybe that's what we. Maybe that that in itself might be step one for a lot of this. The problem is, just like you said, there's people who are at the bottom of that pyramid who are like, oh, I don't have the fucking the time, right. the effort, the, the will to dig through all this shit. And there's nothing wrong with that, man. There is, you gonna, can't blame people for that. If they don't no. have the time and they're too exhausted to dig through this, there's, it's perfectly understandable to disengage from it. And perfectly. there's a lot of people, but there's also a lot of people who just, for whatever reason, lack self-awareness to well, go, yeah. Maybe yeah. I need to shut up and listen to people who are smarter than me on the subject, which goes back to something else that, that 
really irks me the older I get because the irony in my mind of getting older is that the more I learn, the more I know I don't know shit. And it seems like too many people feel the opposite. Yeah, with age, hopefully comes wisdom, but that doesn't mean you knew more than you knew yesterday. You're not seeking out new information and assimilating it into your worldview. You're not seeking out facts that contradict your beliefs and reconciling the two. You're just, you're, you're, you're understanding that if I touch the hot stove, my hand's going to get burned. Why? Because I've done it before. Right. Intelligence is knowing why the stove is hot. Wisdom is don't touch the fucking hot stove. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Now, there's there's two difference, you know, difference there. Well, one of the things too that I keep coming back to this thing that uh, I, I read in this um, Neil Postman book, and I, it was a quote I, I saw from Einstein actually uh, earlier this week. Is that we got all these people who are more than happy to hop online with the answers, right? And Einstein's thing was his quote was that uh, something down the line I can't remember it verbatim, so I'm going to paraphrase it. But ignore the person claiming to have the right answer, and pay attention to the person who's asking the right questions. So yeah. rather than trying to find the answers, like you were saying, you don't have all the answers. Maybe it's time to start asking questions. You know, check instead of providing all of these or, or striving to provide these unanswerable answers. <laughs> you know. Start focusing on whether or not collectively we're asking the right questions. And I know that sounds simplistic, and it, it really it, it'll it'll send a lot of people's minds into vapor lock. What? Huh? But if you really think about it, most of the time, a lot of the time, even personally, like when you're trying to develop that self awareness, a lot of the times the reason you can't is because you're not really asking the right question because usually you're afraid to do it. And one of those questions would be, I think, um, am I dealing with it and finding and utilizing to take it back to the conversation we were having a minute ago, the right data. Am I getting the right information or am I just fulfilling a, you know, um, yeah. reinforcing a worldview? I am. I'm 100% there with you because you just, you perfectly voiced what I was trying to come up with while Rich was talking, but because it, it, Yep, making me think of when we were talking about how we used to solve our, our differences, right? It was through getting to know people and through conversation. Asking questions. And, and that's, and that's what it really comes down to. Yes. We're, we're either expressing, you know, we've gotten together in our groups and we've formed our perfect argument and got our perfect stance and then present that and just hope that it's louder than everybody else's and everyone just falls in line. Instead right. of, while, while the people who are actually going out and reach, maybe reaching across the aisle a little bit and asking some questions are shunned from that group. No, they're too right. much of a, a sympathizer. We don't need, we don't need a, uh, no um, centrists around here. The only way we're going to get change done is, is through radical means. Right. And really when the, the when big social changes happen, it's because it's not because a small group of people got together and presented an argument that just made everyone go slap their foreheads and go, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> it's it's just because people die. Right? Yeah, people right. die with their prejudices and and somehow managed to not pass them on to their children. That's how change happens. I will say that I, ha- I get a little bit, because of the nature of my job, I work with a lot of young people, and I get a little bit of sausage party hope. There you go. Uh, <laughs> because 
I will sometimes bring up, a, you know, my how I view a, a subject, and I hear I never thought of that of it that way before. A lot more than I think I would hear if I worked with a bunch of forty-year-olds, right? Makes or or yeah. probably more times than you've ever seen on Facebook. Oh fuck you! Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Without even without even a shadow right. of a doubt. And yeah. it's it's refreshing because when you realize that you're around people who are open to at least considering a new avenue of something, it drops my defenses that sometimes I don't even realize are up. And right. I, I become more open to seeing things from their point of view. Right. And it's just, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's a symbiotic relationship, you know, it's, and, and then you start, you start having conversations and you're, now your guard's down, you're open, you're honest. You know, one of, one of my, one of my coworkers, you know, we're going to do, we're going to do a show. And the whole reason that we're going to do the show is because, he was he was able to sit down and have conversations with me, and I could ask him questions, and he didn't get offended, and he didn't have his guard up, and everything. And even though he <laughs> once described me as "you look like a walking hate crime," he goes, "You're really open minded." I wouldn't think that if I just saw you walking down the street, though. I think I probably better keep my gay ass away from this guy because he's gonna, you know, tie me to the back of a pickup truck, drag me down a fucking dirt road somewhere, and that I, I don't. I, I just keep coming back to that because I think that has to be part of the solution. It has to be that one-on-one. Yeah, that's why I mm-hmm. po- that's why I said on my Facebook post, I'm not arguing, I'm not debating. This is not this is not a discussion, and it's not up for debate. If you right. are so fucking dead set on arguing online, take that shit to your own pages, and if you put it on mine, I'll just fucking delete you. Mm-hmm. And everybody's everybody's got fair warning now, right? Yeah. yeah. The scary, the scariest part of this, though, is that there, there is no turning back from any of this, and it's no. And there's, no. it's inevitable. It's only going to get worse, right? We've seen a perfect example of what happened with Facebook in the last couple of weeks, and realize that it's not going to affect Facebook's bottom line or how important well, people think it is to to uh, have a Facebook account. And, it's a, some of this shit has affected the bottom line. Do you see and, how much they shed off their. Uh, Okay. Value this week? But yeah, even, but they'll make it, even if they'll make even it back. if even if Facebook were to go away, yeah, people would general, find yeah. a replacement. It's yeah, a, something will fill that void, right? Right. So the concept of Facebook, the the what people find Facebook useful for, will not go away. Yeah, it's out and, there. And and now you know, Rich, when you're you're talking about uh, people that you've met through your work, right? And that is that is one way where a lot of people get to socialize with with people that they wouldn't normally maybe get a little bit outside their bubble. You know, a lot of people work in like offices or uh, service industry where there is enough downtime to chat and get to know people. But another uh, side effect from the advancement of technology is that we are going to be more secluded in our jobs, right? It's not going to be five people behind the counter at McDonald's, it's going to be one guy sitting in the back waiting for the computer to break and the other guy making sure that the robots are actually flipping the burgers right and they're not going to talk to each other. We are going to, we are going to continue to be more isolated 
and not even have to talk to the people that we work with because we probably won't even be in the same room as them. Well, that's yep. one of the reasons I resisted text messaging for so long because it's such an impersonal method of communication. Mm-hmm. And yep. on top of it, it's just, for me, why should I spend an hour typing out with my fucking thumbs a conversation I can have in two minutes? <laughs> but yeah. that's just me. I'm lazy well, ha- like that. Because you don't have to I talk ha- to a person. Well, yeah, most phone calls are just a process of transferring information. If I want to have a conversation, it's a different thing. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 I'm not... I've been looking for a way to segue into it, and right. I've had a couple openings, but then we kept going deeper in the rabbit hole. I really want to get to this subject because it's something that, that hits close to home with me, and it's this uh, the self-driving car accident in Arizona. Yeah, I've been meaning to bring that up, too, because Uber has, uh, has still has their program shut down. Because of this accident. Well, I'm going to tell you what. They immediately shut down their program voluntarily. Which is ridiculous. And Arizona's like, you're not driving these robocars around our state anymore. Well, I'm going to say this. Take them to Texas. 12 hours ago, it's being reported that they settled with the family of the person that was killed. So Uber is not fucking around. They were wanting to get this taken care of. Well, I... But, I mean, let's be honest. if If this was Ford, Chrysler, or GM... They'd have taken that shit to court. I think Uber uh, was like, we're going to look like assholes if we drag this out. No, I think that that they all have probably the same caliber caliber of lawyer that would look at cost-benefit and go, well, how much bad press do you want over this? And everyone's looking at this issue of self-driving cars, and everyone's freaked out about this already. This isn't just a, a normal auto accident that happens... Well, shit, there's been five of them since we've started this podcast, I'm sure, just in Michigan, a fatality of just somebody not paying attention or whatever. But, yeah, I, I don't know that it would be any different with any other company, honestly. Well, I was just shocked because I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just, I'm used to the protracted, you know, the wheels of justice turn slow type shit. So, but obviously this didn't go to court. It hasn't had time to go to court. Uber just went to them and said, what do we have to do? Yeah. Probably on advice of their lawyers because... Even though they could afford to fight it, the bad press isn't going to be worth it. That's going to cost them more right, in right, public right. opinion. Well, I mean, like, if, uh, if a traditional car company were to run into this problem, it would usually be over some issue with, like, a, a possible malfunction with the car, right? Like steering wheels coming off. Right. So it's not really beneficial to go and settle right away because then everybody else who's bought that car is like, oh, wait a minute. What are you going to do for me? I need mine fixed. I want to return this. I want to be comp- compensated in some way. And again, you know, they, their lawyers would be looking at it going, well, you know, the recall on this would cost this much. And, you know, uh, it's only going to really take this much money to fight these couple of cases in court. So I think we still, let's keep producing the car, you know, where in, in this situation with Uber, they don't have to, there's nothing wrong with their car, right? There's no malfunction that it have. People might want to believe that this happened because this is some, you know, still new technology and it, this is a failure and Uber is going to have to go back and retweak it. No, there's no version, no, there's no future version of a self-driving car that would probably be able to stop at that situation. That's okay. Because when, when we brought so, up the subject. So all it is is bad press for Uber and yeah, absolutely. I think they would settle it. Immediately. Well, I'm well, thinking we brought up this. A human oh, could have okay. stopped. If you've seen no, the video, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, she just jumped out in front of it. Like, 
Good, well, that's good luck. When 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 the, when the, initially uh, three or four episodes ago, before this incident happened, we touched briefly on self-driving cars. You know, I brought up two points, and Aaron and Todd, you guys kind of quickly jumped on me and were like, "Oh, well, how many planes have been hacked that are on autopilot?" and blah blah blah. And I was that was when I said hacked. I just said that because one, it's ga- it's going to have to be a concern if there's a network that connects these cars. There's a way someone can get in and create fuckery if they absolutely want to. So they're going to have to be ever vigilant about that. That's all I was getting at with that. The other part that I said, though, is exactly what ha- caused this accident. Human fuckery. Mm-hmm. You cannot plan for that. You cannot do it. And I've seen people online, I've seen op-eds who are like, well, how can we trust these self-driving cars? This one made a dec- you know. This one made a decision to run over a pedestrian because a pedestrian jumped out in front of it. Why didn't it, you know, crash or cause itself to roll over or whatever? You know, what's more important? Right. What's more important? The cost of a self-driving car or a human life? And that's where I was like, this is where the fuckery starts and the back no. and forth starts. No, this is this is where you reach for your Brian Eno oblique strategy cards and just show <laughs> the one that says, don't let the don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Where for some reason, when it comes to technology, when it comes to robots doing things, we will accept nothing but perfect. Instead of looking at what's better than what we currently have, how many traffic deaths are we currently looking at? And how many would we be be looking at with automated cars? Is it less deaths? Then that's progress, and that's the direction we should be going in. None of this, like, we can't have automated vehicles on the road until we can guarantee that no one, no one should, no one should have to leave their home and be killed by a robot. Nerf the world. (laughs) Nerf the world. Nobody. It's, It's just like no one should send their child to school and have them be killed. These yeah. are bold stances. My next. <laughs> right. Well, and that's what I was getting at. And I'll further go on. No one should get old and die. It's unfair. <laughs> well, and that's what I was getting at. And no and- one should have to fight over Anna Kendrick. She's mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Look, I'll take Aubrey Plaza. You take Anna Kendrick. Who you- oh, motherfucker. <laughs> We're having a battle royale now. <laughs> I'll say, Rich, we might have to. Stepping into the, <laughs> oh, shit. the octagon over Aubrey hey, Rich, Plaza, man. Rich. Hey, Chris, I'm just going to let you know, man. Prison rules apply. Biggest guy goes on top. I'll just fuck you. I'll just put a picture of her on the back of your head and go to town. That's Damn. all right. I'm okay <laughs> with that. I, I like those odds. You and I can tell you a tag team those two. I bet you. I guarantee you can take these up. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Anna but, Kendrick's so hot, I'd be willing to go through Todd's ass to get to it. <laughs> when you're willing to take that hit for a piece of ass, that's a piece of ass, Jack. Yeah. I'm telling you. Oh, shit. God damn. But no, but no, seriously, I that is when I brought up those concerns, they weren't concerns that I had for self-driving cars. They were concerns yeah. that I know people well enough to know that this is the bullshit that's going to start coming out of people's fucking cock holsters. And sure as shit, it did. And now, granted, I haven't seen the video, part, partly due to laziness, partly due to, be honest with you guys, oh, the, I'm the, so the sick footage of, of the woman being hit. Uh, yeah, I'm so I sick of watching no inter- people die online. I'm so sick I have of no interest in seeing it. It was perfectly described in, by many sources. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, I, I, maybe I'm speaking out of ignorance, but... To me, everything described, it sounded like even if the human had been driving the car, unless they had like damn near Jedi reflexes, they weren't going to avoid that. 
And if that's the case, then there is no issue here. It, it, it is, it is. It could have been a train. She could have just walked onto train tracks. Yeah. You know? I remember that band from they TV choose. commercial where that bitch walked in front of the train and her husband stopped. My favorite description was, oh shit. <laughs> that was my favorite description of it. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but ultimately, I can't. I, I mean, look, is it suck for the, this? It obviously sucks for her. She's dead. Suck for her family. They're mourning her. But I'm also realistic enough to know if I drop dead in the middle of this podcast, you know, 10, 15 people show up at the funeral and then they move on with their fucking life. You know, this isn't going to, that doesn't mean that we have to stop all podcasts because Rich died on one. No, for most people, most people in the world, this woman's death, and I'm not trying to make light of it. Maybe I am. Maybe it needs to be made light of. It's not going to affect anybody else in this world outside of her family, her friends, those people localized that are experiencing this any more than a cat being hit on a dirt road. It's not going to affect, it's not going to affect my life any more than that or yours or Rich's or Chris's or Anna Kendrick's. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, but everybody has to pretend it is. The world needs to be a fucking safe space. You know, it's manufactured outrage. Well, well, you know, this getting, could be any of us. Getting, I getting mean, down this, to this the, car just plowed this woman down. That could be me. Getting down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> I was that, stealing somebody's bike and walking <laughs> it, or somebody's Anna's Kendrick. Sorry. <laughs> you know, getting down to the nitty gritty of it is that it always sucks you know, to I, punch, I, fuck up a punchline. Sorry. I, <laughs> I, I feel like I was stepping on the punchline. My bad. No. Um, <clears throat> but no, I, I. You know, look, I'm I. For lack of a better way to describe it, I feel like calling myself a professional driver is like calling like like a gas pump jockey, a petroleum discharge engineer, but fuck it. I'll say it. I've been doing it enough years. I come come from a long line of truck drivers. I, I learned to drive a truck when I was 13. I'm talking a big rig, a tractor trailer, all that shit. I, I love to drive. You put me behind the wheel of a car, give me a destination, Tell me when to get there. I'm more than happy to piss in Gatorade bottles and basically fucking, you know, white knuckle it all the way there. That's just me. I like that. I understand that oh, most people hate driving. They might like driving leisurely, but they don't like to commute to work. Oh, God, no. They don't like traffic. They don't, they don't understand traffic and traffic patterns. Most people just fucking go, oh, I'm going to have to sit on the highway and that's it. Man, I will find the shortcut. That's me. That's how much I love driving. The fact that we are looking at a future where driving will be considered like lighting up a cigarette in the middle of a fucking Chuck E. Cheese these days, if there are even Chuck E. Cheese's around, I don't know, or their equivalent, in 20 years. Yeah, it makes me fucking sad. Like, I don't mourn that Toys R Us is going away. I don't mourn that malls are going away. But the fact that I'm going to get into a vehicle if I live another 20 years and go, take me to work. Oh, but you can now. Fuck yeah. I love love that idea. Yeah. I hate it. I'd still have a license if I could do that. Now, don't get me wrong. If I'm out drinking, shit. That's perfect for me. That's that's like, take me to the bar. (laughs) I'm good with that. Which one, Rich? <laughs> uh, everyone on the way to there, you know? Yeah. Does that but include no, the manhole at the corner of 5th and Gratiot? Yes, the rainbow room on 8 Mile. Let's hit the rainbow room. It's bear night. I'm cleaning up. I'm drinking for free. Um, but no, man, I, you know, 
even when I watched Demolition Man, uh-huh. as a kid, that was the first time I really sat and thought about when watching that movie, a self-driving car. They had the option to take over. You know, and it, right. You know, and yeah. so I was like, okay, I can deal with that. If I have the option of driving, but I have I to do it's, something. It's not going to work that way, though. Ex- exactly. And that's what At least fucking not a, hurts. I mean, it, it may, maybe it'll get back to that, but I think with the current technologies that they're looking to put in place, it kind of has to work on an all the cars are automated. The people, if they're still... Yeah, having human, human drivers would fuck that up. Right. Wouldn't it? it? It actually, it probably, if you had, I would guess, still 10% of human drivers on the freeway, you'd probably still see the same traffic problems. Because all it takes is one Yahoo to drive sl- too slow or make a jerky move, and then all these automated cars are going to slow down, and you're going to have the same traffic. When we were talking about it at work... So it's, a, it's kind of an all-or-nothing thing. The example I used, I said, the future of self-driving cars looks a lot more like the movie Minority Report, report than uh, Demolition Man. Because in yeah. Minority Report, they just got in, and the cars, moved, well, and the cars drove themselves. You know, I, I, I feel sorry for the woman whose job it was to actually sit in this car, Right. She has a, a pointless job that's just based on people's fears. Uber didn't say, we should definitely put a person behind the wheel. It was just like, it's going to be weird. They brought, actually, I mean, there's, you know, Arizona had to give special approval for them to test drive their self-driving cars in their state. So I'm sure that was part of it. Like, you have to have a person in there just in case, you know. In case of what? What is that person expected to do, first of all? you Sit here... And if the car does anything you think it shouldn't, you take over. Yeah, right. You're going to zone out. I don't care who the fuck you are. You're zoning out immediately. You know, if you didn't bring a book, you're like rubbing one out. You know that person you, you was on their like, cell phone when they hit that person? You feel useless. Yeah. And now, and now she's got to feel like somewhat responsible. I don't know how this woman feels, but I know how I would feel in that situation. Like, geez... Maybe there was something I could have done. Maybe if I was paying attention, I could have jerked the re- wheel real quick or something. You know, maybe my reflexes would have been better than the cars or something. But now she's got to live with that shit just because people were too afraid to just put the car out on. Its own. That's what we're putting it out there for. Well, that's yeah. see, that's what is, what is the actual point of having somebody there ready to take over? But see, that's another thing that, for one thing, it corrupts all your data. So. <laughs> If, for, for, if they that, actually did take over. Like, that's that's another thing that kind of, like, I don't know. It's stupid. I guess this is stupid. I feel this way. I don't know any other way to describe it, though. I, You know, I, I started driving when I was, you know, driving legally when I was 17. And until I was 37, I was never in an accident. And then the accident I was in was back streets in Detroit after snow. They hadn't plowed. And the lady, sl- the lady slid through a, a, a stop sign. And the accident would have been a lot worse if I hadn't jerked the wheel and she just glanced me. And mm-hmm. I've had a lot of close calls, but I've also driven all over the country. A-, a week and a half after I had my license, I drove from Florida to Michigan. Two weeks later, I drove back. You know, I mean, I- I've I have been able to stay accident free <laughs> while my brother has like four completely totaled cars. Right. <laughs> Three of them in a single car accident in his fucking career, and he's 25. No, I get it. And you're a good driver. It, that doesn't. It, <laughs> it, it, I, but it's that, like, here's the thing when it comes down to it, if it's whose reflexes are better, I'm willing to bet mine are sucks to be you. Now I have to give that up and hope that this program makes a decision that doesn't go, well, 
<laughs> we rolled the dice and you lost on this one, man. Sorry. Uh, it just doesn't happen. You say, okay, but you say it doesn't happen, it but it's because happen. you want it to not happen because no. you want this technology. No, I'm saying, no, 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 that's not, uh, that's not it at all. There's just no examples of, of people having to make those decisions when, they, when they're driving their cars around. Like, I can either, you know, uh, uh, possibly kill the, the, the kids in my car or I can save them. By running this bus off the road, like these are these are not decisions that come up anyway. It's not a decision that a, a computer is going to have to face. Well, and see that like who who gets to die and who gets to live. That's that's the major fear behind all of this is a machine deciding who lives and who dies. Here's here's my thing, and I just, I, I, I I drive, to, and I put myself okay. Here in Michigan, we have. Horrible potholes. I mean, literally, some of them you can stand in up to your knees. And these are on roads. And at night, sometimes you can't see them till you're right up on top of them. Mm-hmm. So I've had to learn to, to, to think so far ahead in my driving. It's almost like playing chess. I'm not thinking about my next move. I'm thinking 10 moves ahead. If I'm in a two lane street and I know it's full of potholes and there's a car next to me, I'll either speed up. Or most likely, because it's safer, slow down yeah. and get to where if I have to swerve into the lane to avoid a pothole, there's no car next to me. So I don't have to make that's, the choice. Do I blow my tire out or do I have That's my philosophy no matter where I'm driving, on what road. I, but, I, don't want, I don't want you next, right next to me. I don't want to be in your blind spot. And I don't want to try and get you in my blind spot. But you know, that's all I do when I drive is is to try and avoid those situations. You know, I know we all know who because we've all and people been, just like go pull up right next to me on the freeway and just coast along with me. Yeah, pace you. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, they used to do it. I see, but when my dad, when I was in my the tractor trailer with my dad, most of the time if someone's pacing you, it's because they're either getting roadhead or they're jerking off and they want you to see it. So, um, sweet. <laughs> Uh, one of them is the other. It's like, hey, Pee Wee, put that thing away. No one wants to see that shit. But no, I. But Aaron, you know that there are people, a lot of people who don't drive like that. Like my buddy's daughter, she she learned to drive. She turned seventeen, and she was taught. And I'm driving with her, and I'm white knuckling the entire time. So I'm like, are you completely oblivious to everything going on around you? Oh, oh certainly. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it, that's why it's an all or nothing thing. You can't just take, you know who's a good driver and say, oh, you're an excellent driver and you have, you know, no records uh, and uh, no record of accidents or anything like that. You get to keep your car and everybody else has to go in the automated vehicle. You know what it is? I want me and no NASCAR drivers because we don't want to get a Todd upset. Me and all the other drivers with no accidents on their record. They have to model these fucking programs after us. (laughs) Okay. And that way I can at least be like, Okay, if I know that it's modeled after me and people who drive like me, I have better than but average odds of getting where I'm going to go. But but even that, even if you did that, it wouldn't be beneficial, right? Because it's, I'm it's totally a to- joking, by the way. No, I, I hear you, but it, it's you you are driving defensively because you're driving around people who are distracted, right? I drive An like everybody's car two-year-old is going to be block. driving amongst other automated cars. All it's got to worry about is that they have good communication. I, you know, I honestly... They're I think, already on the same page. I think 
my parents were the perfect storm that created me as a driver because my dad being a truck driver and teaching me to drive taught me how to think ahead. And my mother was the type who would be smoking a cigarette, eating a hamburger, steering with her fucking knee, changing the radio station, talking on a fucking car phone, and drinking a drink between her legs all at the same time, swerving all over the road. Yeah. And then my ex-wife drives like she's blindfolded. I mean, so the only time I let her drive was when I was drunk because it became like a, a ride at like Cedar Point or something. I'm like, woo! <laughs> Dodge that car, baby! Ten points, you hit that motherfucker! I mean, you know, it just... I'm I'm not even joking. A buddy of mine took a ride with her when he was staying with us to the corner 7-Eleven a mile and a half away. He comes back. She comes through the door like nothing's happened. He comes in after. He's white as a ghost. She goes into the other room, and he goes, dude, she <clears throat> ass-ended two people on the way to and from the 7-Eleven. I'm like, that's like a total of two and a half miles. What? He goes, yeah. yeah. Your wife can't drive for shit. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, did she take my car? Of course she did. Wonderful. Great. So <laughs> there goes my insurance. But yeah, I mean, but t- it's just one of those things. It's like, it's like how we've talked about how guitar is dying in music. It's becoming once again, it'll never go away because it can, it can, it can you know, it provides chord changes, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not as prominent as it once was. Uh-huh. You know, I imagine 20, 30 years, if we have automated cars on the road, there's still going to be people buying four-wheelers, uh, driving off-road, be, uh, doing yeah. shit like that. Okay, absolutely. And that's probably where there I'm going to have to get that. my fix. I'm probably going to have to... I'm, I'm going to be the 70-year-old guy driving off-road, like in a, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a field truck. But if you're just like, I don't, I don't trust these cars, I'm going to drive myself to work, that's not going to happen. Unless they grandfather it in somehow. No, I mean, it, won't, it just won't. It won't work. That's what I'm saying. You and Gary Busey can carpool together. <laughs> I mean, maybe you could get, like, your own lane for non-automated cars. <laughs> maybe. It's like the carpool lane. Here's for all the old people who hang on to the old ways. Yeah, this, moving on and you got to get over. paying through the nose for that. First of all, you'd be paying through the nose for your car. Okay, stop. No, you get the poor door. Insurance is not. I don't give a fuck if it becomes a hundred percent safe. No fucking deaths on the road for a hundred years. Insurance will never fucking go down. They will just find a way to fuck you and and get that money out you another way. Right? Yeah, you have the manual driving fee. You'll you'll probably be paying more for insurance, but you'll definitely be paying more just for the car. Right? There's not as many people buying. A non-automated car at this point That's in, true, the, yeah. in the future that um, we're talking about. So y- your car is going to be like two, three times more expensive than it would, yep. it would be in today's dollars. So you would have to be a rich guy, first of all, just to afford to have a non-automated car oh, in, it's this, like, oh, in it's, this future. It's like record players now. They cost yeah, more. Uh, Actually, vinyl right now is like 30 bucks. That's true. You are, yeah, they are paying a premium for the vinyl themselves. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so you'd be, you pay more for the manual car. Oh, Rich would be the hipster car guy. <laughs> Driving around in a two, like, oh, yeah, 2012 whatever. Fusion. Yeah, but you can't. They're like, wow, look at that classic automobile. You can't be the hipster car guy, though. You'd have to be the rich car guy. No, you'd be like, whatever. You'd I have tr- to afford the car, afford the insurance, mm-hmm. and afford some place, which I'm sure will be offered, where you can just drive it around. I actually drive my car. I don't let a computer drive my car. It's, it, it drives better when you do it yourself. <laughs> I just found this article online. I just posted it to the group chat. 
Uh, it's from this article called Timeline. And the first uh, paragraph reads, With all the anxiety around driverless cars lately, it's worth remembering there was a time people worried about cars exactly because they had human drivers. In fact, it was the removal of the horses, the horseless carriage, <laughs> that gave some people fits. Oh, we're trying to transition to the invisible horse. It's Wait the same. Minute. It's the same fear of the unknown that happened when we moved well, from horsey if to you're, car. If you're going to want, if you want to exactly. drive, you're going to have to go live with the fucking Amish. Uh, right. <laughs> That's go, what Rich. I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to change my name to Ezekiel. Grow me a Lincoln yeah. beard. Yeah. That's you already it. have the beard. Well, I just I mean, got a blonde mustache. I got a sunburst mustache and beard. Come on, get off my fucking back, this is, bro. I can't help this, it. This is great. The second paragraph. In the 1890s, the prospect of a person driving without the aid of a second intelligence was a real concern. A, a horse. horse or, <laughs> a horse or, now listen, a horse or team of horses acted as a, cruise, uh, a crude form of cruise control and collision right. aversion. Because Absolutely. the horses wouldn't run into each other. So they, they were afraid that if you took you know, the horsey away, that hey. people would just be dying left and right because everybody would be running into each other because there was no horse. Oh, and we became the horse. So now that's what we're <laughs> yeah. worried about. They yeah. should have instituted a policy of blinders for drivers. It's the they same psychology, distracted. I think. If you take Fred Flintstone away, how are you going to stop the car? Look, guys, I know. I'm, God, I'm taking a fucking beating left and right. Jesus, I'm going to have to ice my asshole after this one. I know I'm the fucking, I'm the idiot on this show. I know it's stupid that I feel this way. But it's just, God damn it, I don't have a lot of things in my life I can brag about. I'm not body beautiful, okay? You know what I'm saying? I started going gray at 18. Yeah. Hey, I, I haven't made a relationship. Man, you're an excellent driver. Oh, motherfucker. You, know what? <laughs> hey, you have a wit about you. That's worth something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got me every bit of pussy I've ever gotten is due to my fucking mouth and, and in more ways than one but it, none of it's been earned through looks that's for goddamn sure thank god for the generosity of women that's all I gotta say but no I get it I understand and I look I, god damn it just let the old man yell at the cloud can I yell at the cloud <laughs> absolutely I'll give you that one I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go along with it of course I am I went along with I broke down and I finally got rid of my dyno phone in 2014 and got a smartphone and people I would literally blow up my phone at work and people go what the fuck is that <laughs> like 17 year olds go what the fuck is that I'm like it's my cell phone they're like it's not even a flip phone how do you open it I'm like you slide it and here comes the piece and it's got a QWERTY yeah. keyboard, keyboard yeah. and they're like they still make those I'm like I don't know. I bought it like nine years ago. Yeah, that's <laughs> you're gonna love I'm, this article, Rich. You're gonna love I, this article. I, I'm, Dude, I'm you're like my dad like, where the phone uh, company went. Look, we can't support the phone you have anymore. You have to get a new one. Like my dad held on to his fucking uh, his flip phone till like I, I swear to God, like probably around the same time as you, Rich, like 2013, 2014. The phone company went. We like we can no longer support what you have. You have to upgrade. Your shit is no. so old. Yeah. Dude, I'm sitting here. I'm going to be. I, I, essentially, what I'm saying is, boy, I missed the days of like a 386. <laughs> I just wish I could play Oregon Trail and, and, and fire up DOS a few times. Dude, I don't miss those days at all. Having to wait to see your porn. Like, you don't know if you're jerking off to a tit or an elbow. You're yeah. like, oh, this is going to be good when it's down downloading in five minutes. <laughs> Maybe I was thinking about that. Right, I can nut when the full picture's there. It come before it downloads. I was thinking about that earlier today. It's been 20 years here in a couple of months since I got my first web TV, which was my first internet interface. 
And when I first discovered the pornography on there, it took me literally an hour and a half to download a 10-second clip that I had no idea what was in it. <laughs> no idea. It's like, I don't know how, I don't how know much what time says, I wasted. But I'm going to come to it. Yeah. Oh, it looks kind of cool. I can see a third of the picture now. Right. Oh, is there, is there going to be a nipple? Oh, my God. Oh, I just finished. Huh? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, so that's... You know, a picture of Mr. Like, Ed. You, oh, no. That's you'd actually watch the, the picture form in front of you. You're like, yeah. okay, I can't really tell what this little thumbnail is, but I'm going to click right. on it and wait. Okay, you know, yeah. blonde hair, that's confirmed. Okay, so far. Okay, face looks good. Face, keep going. Do you remember the keep early going. Uh, video oh, clips, though? look kind of saggy. Do you remember the early video clips? They would just like like a frame at a time. They would load. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you'd just see like a, just like a, like a, a fraction of a thrust. It'd be like, oh my God, he's, he's almost there. It's going to, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it was this about is... equivalent of what, what you could see in uh, Skinamax by yeah. hitting the AB button on the remote over and over again. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. This, is, this, is, this is actually a good way to, uh, to kind of segue into an article that Chris sent into the group chat. Which one? About Walmart pulls Cosmopolitan because it's considered what, pornography? Is that, That's not, is that not why what they said. That's not yeah. what they said. They said that's it was. Why a I, that's why decision. I had a question mark at the end of yeah. that. Yeah, they said it was a business decision. So one of these uh, liberal groups, in channeling Tipper Gore and focus on the family, decided that Cosmopolitan was inappropriate to have in a checkout line because it exploited and sexualized women, and that Walmart should make it go away. And then Walmart suddenly uh, came to the business conclusion that they thought it was a good idea. Well, how is taking a popular product out of your aisles a good business decision and not PR? Well, I mean, first of all, Cosmopolitan had one of the best articles in 2016 that just blatant hypocrisy. They wallowed in it with, in, in one issue, they had, you know, men objectify and sexualize women and... And these are the warning signs that your husband or boyfriend is one of these creeps. Uh-huh. And then two articles over was the best packages in Speedos at the 2016 Summer Olympics. And I'm just like, exactly. Shut the fuck up. Well, it's okay for women to objectify men because women aren't in a position of power. Really? I, 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 okay, first of all, appreciate snark. Tell me that was snark. That was that was snark. <laughs> but no, seriously, appreciating a guy that's got a fucking huge bulge. First of all, tell yeah, Anna. <laughs> you know, I mean. Okay, hey Anna, Todd appreciates big bulge. <laughs> <laughs> that may have come out. That, that may have come out not quite how I intended it to. You didn't think that went through to the end. <laughs> I think. I think maybe some of you were being intentionally obtuse here. <laughs> it's. It might be willful. Yes, it might be a little possible. On this show, it is possible. <laughs> but no, I mean, look, I. Is it weird for me that like, fifteen, twenty years ago? We were like talking about, you know, not being ashamed of sexuality in the human body. And it was mostly coming from, from women. people who I would consider liberal. Yeah. And women themselves. Yeah. And now it's the, the second wave feminist that could put on lipstick again. And it's the now it's the, the, the same people who would like to think they're liberal, but the only in name only. And women that are saying this shit. And it's like. I, I don't understand what is, and I've asked this before, and I'm just, 
I keep coming to the conclusion that they just want a genderless, sexless society. Well, Stephen We're, Pinker. Uh, Stephen Pinker talks about that. In um, at least in the Rogan podcast, and I think he talks about it in his in his book, where uh, equality means indistinguishable between like there's no difference at all genetically between men and women. That's right. kind of what they're after, which is ridiculous. Because I'd love to see, sorry, Anna, I'd love to see Anna Kendrick on an NFL football field and find out if they're indistinguishable. Well, unless it's like a Brazzers type situation. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's kind of... Is that where she goes in the locker room? I've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that movie. But no, that's, that's kind of what they're... Uh, Rich has a link for you. Where they're headed with that. You know, they want that everything is indistinguishable. There's no sex, that everything is sort of, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I can't think of the word. I'm losing my faculties again. But um, that's, that's sort of what they're looking at, where you don't wear... Everybody wears the same clothes. You have genderless names, and there are no sexes. Homogenization, yeah, indistinguishable. That was the word he used on the Rogan podcast. And I, okay. I about, I was on the way out to Massachusetts preparing for the move, and I almost drove off I ninety when he said that. I was so stoked that yes, that's exactly what's what's going on. So, in other words, we would only procreate to keep the species going. There'd be no sexual desire behind the procreation because, well. You could if it's if it's you want to sate your sexual desire, you could fuck one of these androgynous beings walking around. You don't. No, it's going to be eventually. You're going to have to jerk off into a test tube because having sexual intercourse is a position of power. And we're back to demolition man. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> but the good news is you'll the be movie, <laughs> demolition man. That, that's exactly what happened in that movie when they had sex. I've never and, seen it. Okay, well, there's Sandra Bernhardt is you know tells Fester Stallone let's have sex and Bullock. He's, Bullock, yes, thank you, Bernhardt. Got that Roseanne shit still in my head. And he's like, all right. So he's getting ready for it. He's checking his breath. He's like smelling his armpits. And she comes out and puts this little like halo on his head, puts one on hers and sits across the room. And he goes, what are we doing? She goes, we're getting ready to have sex. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, uh, and then it's a clusterfuck from there. By the way, he's a, he's from our time and this is in the near future that blah, 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 blah. But anyway, check it out. It's, it's just like, uh, God, it's really, I mean, I, I don't know. I, is it wrong that I hate these people? No. Stop trying to fucking stop trying <laughs> well, to take one of the few pleasures in life I mean, away from us because you're uncomfortable with it. Then don't have sex and dress androgynously yourself and find a bunch of asexual people and a turkey baster when you want to procreate. Leave us the fuck alone. Well, I mean, it's not really a need to take them seriously because they're talking about fighting human nature, right? Yeah. It's now, true. I think, Rich, maybe you're, this is part, maybe not. Maybe this is part of the argument that you're trying to make for why there's still going to be people that want to drive cars, right? Because it's just built into their nature. But it's, it's not. It's built into our culture. It's built into our current practices. But there's nothing about our nature. And as a matter of fact, our nature has proved that we're more than willing to give up control to technology, especially if it's going to make our lives easier. Well, I mean, I showed you so, guys the article with the sex doll. But all joking aside, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't fuck the thing, even if it was issued to me by the government. I'd yeah, rather yeah. go out and get look. I'd rather go. I, I, I'd rather go out and get the real thing. And if I can't do that, I got my hand. Just to be crude about it, I mean, I don't want to fuck a simulated well, human being. But. I think, you know, what we didn't see in that movie that was maybe implied or maybe not, 
but the way I saw it was that what we didn't see go on there is the the sort of VR experience. You know, they just they just put on some headsets and had some kind of Vulcan mind link thing that was supposed to result in orgasm. There was flashes of what was they were supposed to be seeing, but because yeah, they didn't get into the the nitty gritty details. Yeah, right. I mean, they are just replacing that urge with with a, a, a they're fulfilling it through another experience right they're not completely separating themselves from it and and we're not ever going to be able to you say that it's denying human nature right and that pretty much you don't you don't really take these people serious but how much of how much of what we've seen come from the fringes and the crazies work its way and start planting roots in the mainstream in the last 20 years, especially the last 10, that 25 years ago, I said, that's never going to happen because it's against human nature. I mean, how much, you know, the game is so fucked up, you can't even go to work and tell your yeah. female co-worker, oh, hey, you look nice today because that's sexual harassment now. It's human, look, but that's it's not, a compliment. But that's not nature. No, I, a lot of people use human nature as a defense for cultural norms that they're used to. Sex drive is just pure human nature. So if you walk into work drive and you... Drive to, to uh, seek shelter and feed yourself and make sure you have enough water. These are primal human nature needs that you can't, you it's, can't it's, totally it's, supplant. It's... it's perpetuating the species it's not just human nature it's throughout nature nature right but if, if okay if you walk into work and you have a new suit on and you went and got a custom tailored suit and i was like hey man that suit looks sharp on you uh-huh that's a compliment if a yeah. woman comes in and she has a new outfit on i'm like hey that outfit looks good on you that's now if i'm like hey baby that outfit looks good but better on my floor in the morning right that's harassment Mm, look, my good in them jeans. Mighty good in them jeans, boy. <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's I'm how fucked up. You. That's how fucked up it's gotten in the last you know ten twenty years, and it's it's only going to get worse because it's going to get to the point where I literally have female friends who say you should never comment on how a female looks. Period. Why? I comment hmm. on how guys look. Right. Right, don't you want to be treated just the same? No, you want to be treated special now. Because why? Because your your eggshell fragile ego can't handle it? I mean, I posted something that I, I, saw, I woke up, I hopped online, I saw someone had posted on my time, or not on my timeline, but I saw it on, 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 online about, you know, they say men are privileged, but I've never seen a woman buy her own cocaine. And I laughed about it. And here come one of my female friends, and she's like, that's rape culture. Fuck you. Get the fuck out does of she here. Listen, does she listen to this show? I have no idea. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. And I'm like, are you serious? Rape culture? No, you know what that is? That's hoe culture. That's what that is. That's the culture of men trying to give you shit so you will give them pussy. That's not rape. Rape is taking it from you. We're not trying to win you over, gain favor with you. But that right. is the mentality of the third wave feminist, and that is what is permeating... Well, through politics these days. Also, if you if you are the type to look to rape someone, cocaine's the last drug you should be giving them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want you, bitch. I want you wide awake so I can do it. So I have to fight you. No. Right. Here's some GHB. I want you wide awake so you can identify me in a lineup. Wide awake and unnaturally strong for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> 
know, and in, and in, in response, I posted a laughing emoji, and in Doug Stanhope's <laughs> bit on how cocaine makes pussy too easy to get. That's why it's illegal. Because if you can just, you know, we don't go out and work 60 hours a week at the box factory and fucking buy cars that we can't afford and clothes that are uncomfortable to impress other men. We do it to get pussy. If we could just lay down a fat gacker of cocaine and you're going to suck me off in the men's room, it, 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 takes, it takes the fairness out of the fucking chase. And, and, he, and, you know, it's, I don't know if she got the joke, but it's like, look, I, you, that is how fucked the game has become. The game of the back and forth with men and women, not even necessarily in a sexual way. Like, I have to walk around acting like I don't see what I see, and I have to deny reality for your comfort? Really? I mean, I'm a fat guy. You don't think I get fucking looks in public all the time? You don't think I have little kids say shit like, Mommy, that's a big fat guy. I was at work the other day, and this little kid come in, and he was like, you look like, you look like Santa Claus. And I was like, ho, 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 kid. You on the good list or not? I just made a joke about it. Move down on my life. No fucking problem. Some, you look like a bitch. <laughs> I don't care if you're six. You look like a load that was felched out of your yeah. mother's asshole and spit in her pussy. So I don't know right. what to tell you, little kid. But no, I'd probably cost. No, it would have cost me my job. But I don't. I'd have, I'd have went out epic. <laughs> but no, I. But this is why it's so frustrating. Stop trying to tell us we can't be human and say it's for progress. Fuck. You, that's not progress. It's it's like going a trans male is biologically a male. You can't no, deny biology, trans, man. A trans male is a female who went through the and transitioned to male who's biologically still a woman. Look, man. You can't fight nature. You cannot this fight is, science. I think this is I, I'm I'm like trying to keep myself from interjecting in this conversation because uh I, I, I really want to. I agree with you, but I keep coming back to the same thing. And, and Chris just said it a second ago, and um, Aaron said pretty much the same thing earlier, is that you can't change nature. You're not going to change biology. You're not going to socialize and condition men out of being who and what they are. <clears throat> and no, one of two things regulate is, and hold on, legislate hold on. it. One of two things is one of two things is going to happen. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the legislating or regulating it. They tried to regulate and legislate alcohol out of the culture once upon a time. What happened? It went underground, right? You're never going to get rid of it. One of two things is going to happen. You're either going to create such a backlash, which I think is probably the course it's going to go. Because, I mean, look at the four of us right now. None of us are particularly uh, illiberal, right? And listen to the conversation. I mean, no, none of us are. A lot of us, I, I think all four of us have, you know, um, certain socialist tendencies, left-leaning tendencies, some more than others. But listen to the conversation we're having. And I, I, think I, I think I said exactly the same thing last week. If they continue this and continue trying to desexualize the <laughs> red-blooded American male, there's going to be a backlash. Hey, tell me whatever you want, but I know when exactly. I see a fat ass, my dick gets hard. Exactly. And best-case scenario, if there's not a public backlash, a voter box backlash however you want to look at it the best case scenario for them is that they're going to oppress and so the red-blooded american male is going to suppress the sexuality end of this so much that it's going to start 
spouting out through the cracks in his psyche in other areas and create more problems than saying, hey, you got some really nice tits there. Trump 2020? Well, yeah, definitely. But beyond that, (laughs) I mean, violence against women because you have a a suppressed sex drive that you're not allowed to acknowledge? I mean, really, I think think your battles, bitches. Pick your battles, bitches. That's all I'm saying. I think you're on to the scent, but I think what is most likely... More likely to happen is what they, oh shit! What do they, what do they call them in Japan? There's a segment of men in Japan of that are between certain ages who have basically. There's a term they use for them. Unix. No, I can't remember the. Basically, I know what you're, we talked is, about. The, we talked about what? this once before. They basically have relationships with robots or virtual critters or something like that. No, they just they 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 don't live their life around being in a relationship. Right. And so they just do what they want and it's it's you know it's fucking up so many parts of not just the culture but even the economy. I mean think oh. about it. If you took think about if you took a jewelry store taking a hit all these exact I mean I know you were yeah. trying to make a joke but if you took all these yeah. bullshit Valentine's Day sweetest day all this shit away what the fuck what what the why why would men buy flowers if not How? for women? I just, I just want to clarify one point. You said you thought I was onto the scent. How is that not fully up the backlash's nose? No, what I'm saying is I don't think it would manifest itself necessarily overwhelmingly in violence towards women. I think men would just go, you know what? Fuck you, bitch. That's Fuck the backlash. Pussy. That's the backlash. They'll either, either the voters in the voting booth in ways like you're talking about, that is a backlash. So does this all I mean, boil down to it's a good time to be a whore? Well, I mean, no. I've always thought it's a good time for somebody to be a whore. Stop and and think about this. We are, what, 20 years removed from Bill Clinton on TV talking about fucking, you know, outside of his marriage and shit to (laughs) we know we have a president in there who fucks porn stars and and, and, and penthouse pets or whatever, or Playboy Playmates, and we're just like, eh. Oh, rich, rich, rich. You snowflake, Rich. That was about perjury. <coughs> right? Yeah. Okay. All my all my yeah, Christian right wing family. Part, Bill was that you lied about you, it. Yeah. You lied under the word. Well, he was right. He didn't have sexual relations with that woman. The cigar did. All right. I'm just saying. All my Christian right wing family who was frothing at the mouth to tear him down because he stepped out of his marriage mm-hmm. and had extramarital affairs. Where now they turn at? a blind eye to it. Yeah. And they're like, well, you can't judge a man by that. Well, you did a pretty good job of it for eight years under Slick Willie. Hey, I could judge by Karen McDougal. I'd give him, I'd fist pound him if I ever met him. Like, hey, good job. But yeah, I, this is another, another spot, whoever produces this, to paste the earlier comments. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but no, <laughs> if, and, and this is something that I heard a lot 20 years ago. And, I th- and at the time, it was a foreign concept to me because we had... You know, I was raised in the Reagan 80s with this bullshit facade of, you know, our politicians have to be better than and all this. And when the shit with Clinton was happening, it was right around the time the Internet started getting big. And I was able to have conversations with people in other parts of the world. And they're like, our politicians cheat all the time. It's what the fuck's that got to do with how they run their, and do their job? Yeah. What do you care if John Lennon cheated on Yoko Ono? No, you care that he he was in the Beatles. That's what you care about. Do you like his music? It doesn't matter if he fucked around on Yoko Ono. That's their issue for them to work out, period. And it's like, 
that's kind of the attitude I've come to accept. Now, all of a sudden, that was an enlightened liberal point of view. 20 years later, you knuckle-dragging, mouth-breathing, Trump-voting, MAGA-hat-wearing motherfucker. What's wrong with you? I, oh, you, can't, you can't win. Which takes us back to the only winning move is not to play. Not to play. Gospel of Joshua. And I, World's worst game show. You can't win. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's not just it's not just two subjects like this. It's it's with any subject that comes up now. I feel like it's a it's a political minefield that you have to navigate if you don't want to be yelled at from both sides. And I'm tired of tiptoeing around shit when facts and numbers prove one thing, and the, the rest of them are going, no, 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 no. That's not the way it is. Two plus two equals five because I feel it does. I don't give a fuck about your feelings. It does not. It does not. Period. Stop fucking with the universal language, which is mathematics. Stop it. You're not, first of all, Those you're not pes- smarter than the people. facts. Who, exactly. You're not smarter than the people who fucking dedicate their entire lives to the study of this just because you watched Ancient Aliens one time <laughs> and, 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 you know, you watched the History Channel. And Red. you think that you know some shit now. Red part of an article. Shit. Yeah. I just had a great idea for a video game while you were talking. It's called Virtue Signaling. It'll be like a, a puzzle game like Bomberman. And you have to go out and you like put up a gay flag and then it, you, you get a <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't include trans people. And then you have to go back to square one and you go, okay, well, I got to go get the flag that has includes the trans people on it. And but you've also got re- you got to also fight off the Trump bots who are trying to tear the trans flag down. Right, right. And then the non-binary people show up and say, wait a minute, where's our flag? God damn it, how many flags I got to fucking carry? Right. You got to make sure that you virtue signal to every group to get through the level. Get shot in the face that's, if you don't use the proper pronoun the, when you interact. Minefield. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm almost hesitant to bring it up, but, you know, the, the whole thing that in Sacramento with the shooting, once again, we get back to a situation where we have people going. Oh, boy. It's you know, too late to bring up that subject. <laughs> the reason I bring it up, the reason I bring it up is because we go back to the to now I'm not drawing a comparison between the Michael Brown incident and this incident okay. because there were blatant disregard for procedures like cops turning the sound off on their body cameras. Oh yeah. Shit like that. But you know, the whole hands up don't shoot Michael Brown narrative. When the facts came out, uh, he wasn't running away from the cops with his hands up when he was shot. There was gunshot residue on his body, the front of him. He turned, the cop kept shooting. I'm sorry. I, I don't need to watch CSI to know that that means he was be- facing and in close enough range to where he would have gunshot re- residue and stippling on his body where the, where at the, on the entrance wounds in the front of his body. Right. But these facts are totally dismissed because they go... The people who are like, well, if you dismiss this case, then what you're doing is you're saying that black lives don't matter. No. God, fuck no, yeah. We're, Jesus We're Christ. saying yeah. that this case is not the one that you want to fucking, is not the hill you want to die on. Right. That's what we're saying. There are plenty of fuck up uh, police shootings to fucking load your gun with and go to battle with. This isn't the one. Because when you do shit like this, just like having these kids on TV going, you can buy an AR-15 for 130 bucks. No, you cannot. Where? I have, a, but believe me, all my gun nut friends posted that clip and said, where's this bitch buying her ARs? I want to go there. 
mine costs seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. You, you cannot. Uh, you know, have I'm a foundation up right now. You cannot have a, a foundation of bullshit and expect the house to be fucking fine when you try to build on it. And to to point out to these people, you're fighting on a lie. And when we, you know, if you want, if you if you want to put it in their terms. Remember when we went to war in Iraq because they attacked us on 9-11? Right. <laughs> what is WMDs. This? WMDs. I mean, yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah. So we went to war on a bullshit premise, and you were rightfully pissed off. Now you're doing the exact same thing. I'm sorry. Not every person that the cop shoots is an angel who is, you know, uh, he did so well in school, and he was going to go to college. You want look, Philip Castillo. The, the guy shot in Minnesota. That's a legit shooting. You know, an example of mm-hmm. the cop should not have shot him. Now, here's my question. Because we do, we, we do tend to fucking pick on the, the left a lot more than the right. I think it's because we expect more of the left. Right. But, I mean, correct. Well, they, they presume to offer themselves up as the resistance and the alternative to the orange baboon in the White House. Exactly. That's but why we was, attack the left, because they're failing. Where was the where was the NRA on the on, on that shooting in Minnesota? That had been a perfect way for the NRA to go. Look, we don't give a shit about color. He was a legal gun owner. He did everything that he was supposed to do. We have video of it, and he was still shot. This is tyranny. This is bullshit. And they didn't do it for whatever reason. I have my ideas why they didn't do it. I really don't think the NRA was really all that enthused with the idea of, like, you know, the new Black Panthers marching down the street with fucking AR-15s. No. Me? Are they, did they get them through legal means? Is, is it a legal weapon? Then I'm no more uncomfortable with that than I am with these rednecks marching around in the woods with them on the weekends. I'm, I'm not afraid of a gun. I'm afraid of someone who means ill will towards me with a gun. There's a difference. Right. No, but the, the NRA gets its money from white people who they keep afraid. Exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. exactly. Parkland. Parkland, Parkland, Parkland. And, that's, and you, you hit on it pre-show. I think it was pre-show, Todd. You know, one of the reasons Remington is going under is because they predicted, just like almost everybody else, a Hillary victory. And when Democrats go into office, gun sales go through the roof because everybody gets scared that, oh, my God, they're going to come take them, so we better stockpile. Trump won, and all the gun nuts didn't go and, and, quit, and you know. Yeah, they quit stockpiling. You know, it's simple economics, though, that yeah. if you want to stay in business, you have to have a perpetual market on which to sell your goods, right? And how many guns does a family really need? At some point, you've got enough. Right. You've got to create right. that market. If you want to stay in business, like you wear got, out. <laughs> exactly. You've got to create the need. And then you have to have a, a demand that you can supply. And if you don't have the demand, you've got to create that demand in order to drum up, you know, people to sell your shit to. And so it makes a lot of sense for the NRA to sell the narrative that the Democrats want to come and take your guns. They're the National Rifle Association. They advocate for gun companies. And it works. People are stupid. People will buy anything, rhetorically speaking. You know, one of the it's, one of my my favorite tinfoil hats around this whole Parkland shooting is that it's not the left propping up and using these kids. It's the gun companies. That way, they can go. They're going to come for your guns. Look at these kids. 
And so, boom, all the gun nuts go out and stockpile. And I'm just like, this is such a case of we can get lost up our own ass with so many different theories about why shit is, is, is happening. And, and it, Well, they are. I mean, actually, they are. The, the, the NRA now is using these kids. But it's because the kids put themselves out there saying that a lot of those kids were saying that the Second Amendment needs to be repealed. There needs to be gun banishment and all this. I mean, the, the article that I saw said that NRA donations tripled after the Parkland shooting. Right. Right. And it's because of, I think anyway, and I don't think this is conspiracy theory. I think that the gun nuts, the anti-gun nuts are their own worst enemy when it comes to Yeah, the, the, there are a lot of people violence. thanking David Hogg for that. Yeah. Saying that he's, he's done more for gun sales than Trump has. Yeah, absolutely. Really. I mean, it creates the need. Fucking whether it's hog. Yeah, whether it's, you know, a, a legitimate need or not, it creates the illusion of a crisis, a Second Amendment crisis, that the liberals are coming for your guns, just like they were during the Clinton administration, although they weren't. So people run out, donate are, to the NRA, go buy their Smith & Wesson. Well, and when they, they don't do that, you've got instances like Remington, when everybody has enough guns now, they're not buying anymore, the company files Chapter 11. But didn't After, a uh, former Supreme Court justice come out this week saying he thinks that they should again, repeal... Yeah, yeah, he did. He's 97 years old. He should have died 10 years ago. And he came out and said, yeah, you should repeal the Second Amendment. Well, what do you think happened? Oh, my God, we got to go get more guns. we got to stockpile more. They're coming after him. Shut the fuck up. You're your own worst enemies. If you just shut the fuck up, Smith & Wesson may be out of business in a year. Then you're getting what you want by default. It's not profitable to be a gun company and manufacturing weaponry and... You know, I just, it's, I think back to 2012, to I think back to 2012 after the re-election of Obama and one of our best customers as far as catering goes was a, uh, uh, a shooting range slash gun store slash, uh, you know, they taught safety classes and CPL classes and stuff. And they were constantly ordering, I mean, hundreds, thousands of dollars sometimes in a, you know, in a, in a week or two span of catering because they were having these huge, you know, open houses, classes, et cetera, et cetera, because people were coming in because the whole narrative that was being pushed there was Obama just got in for his second term. He's going to, he, now he's really going to take your guns. Right. Because he doesn't right. have to worry about being reelected again. You know, you know what the height of absurdity, at least for me, and it's anecdotal, but my dad was talking about going out and buy a gun. I'm like, he, at, the point, at this point, I'm like, you are like 66 years old. We have never had a gun in our house. We have never needed a gun in our house. You're just going to go buy one now? For what? Because he got caught up in that stupid hysteria. Like, it, it, it's... <sighs> to be honest with you, and I'm, I, look, I, I'm pretty much a gun guy. I don't own one at the moment. But if you want a weapon for home defense, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The ideal one is a shotgun. Something with pump action and rack it. If you think someone's in the house, crack your bedroom door and rack that motherfucker. That's the universal sound for you about to get fucked up. I mean, that, that's the only reason now at this point where I am. I, now I'm property owner. Ooh, but that's the only. <laughs> it's, it's not even about because before I'd be like, oh, well, if the government ever did blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, if the government rolls tanks down Masonic, I'm fucked. 
No, but I'm, if someone comes to my house and threatens my safety, I want the right to have a gun to be like, get the fuck out of here, motherfucker. I see nothing wrong with that. Yeah. None. I, I have no problem with that. After that experience that I had down at that, I told you that the show a long time ago, that experience at the hostel down there in Peru, and being out there, being up in the middle of the mountains, and not having the you know protection of law enforcement nearby, and knowing there were break-ins, knowing there were armed robberies, I wished that I had a gun there. That changed my perspective a little bit on it. I mean, it was pretty much there anyway. But from my personal standpoint, me and a gun, that changed it. I think if I lived in the woods of Idaho, or I lived back in Chicago, if I lived in Chicago again, I'd consider it. And I I think I should have the right to consider it. (laughs) I I, we're just really talking about the right to go, go on, get! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I... of all my friends, I th- I'm thinking of one one of my buddies, and he's what I think all of us would consider a gun nut. Like, homeboy has a worrying amount of hardware in his house. However, even him, when I talked to him about gun regulation recently, was like, you know, you know I think that if you can afford it, you should be able to buy it. He, he, he even went so far as to say, if you can afford to buy a tank, you should be able to own one privately. Now, I was like, I think that's a little bit much, but whatever. And he's like, but here's the thing. Before anybody buys even a hunting rifle, I think you should have to take a safety course and prove that you know basic gun safety and the basics of how to not only use, but maintain your weapon. Because he goes, it's just, it terrifies me the idea of people running around getting a concealed carry permit and they don't even know what to do in the event of a hang fire. You know, they'll turn the gun around and look down the barrel. What the fuck are you doing? What's the last thing you do? Rolling Stone song? You know, I mean, so there you go, folks. That's And he is, I mean, he. you this do not is, want to break in his house because he's going to fuck you up in a variety of ways. We're coming back, though. Are, are we coming back to the same, uh, <laughs> uh, same shit, different shooting conversation where we always talk about, you know, the common sense, gun control, safety commentary that people seem to engage in after all these shootings that's not where the dialogue is right now and it's it's always often well the fucking the second amendment shall not be infringed okay well which militia do you belong to you know the, the 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 debate is is off in the ether somewhere it's not surrounding and centered on these topics. You know we've been talking about that 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 you're absolutely right and I completely agree with you rich but that's been being batted around since Columbine. That's not where the debate is. It's not where the interaction's at. Well, one of the things that I've said for years that gets ignored, and I don't understand why someone who has a higher visibility in the public, who is a, a, a proponent of the Second Amendment, who does support gun ownership, hasn't come out and said this. We have technology to where you have to put your thumbprint to unlock your yeah. motherfucking phone. You tell me yep. we can't put that on handguns? No. Are you can. serious? They have the technology on those guns, I do believe. I think oh, there are oh. guns that have that. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, take that argument out of the ban all guns people. Anybody get their hand on a gun, commit a crime. Well, you, if you can't unlock the gun, for lack of a better term, I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a fucking engineer, so I can't tell you how exactly it would work. But I know if we can... You can't unlock a cell phone to the point where the cops get a cell phone and they're, they're telling Apple, you got to unlock this thing for us. And right. Apple's going, we're not doing it. Yeah. And the cops it's can't like, get into it. You can do that to a gun. So what's like, is that gun to you? It's like saying it's unfair to the gun company or to the car companies to make 
them put locks on the doors of the cars. It's going to make it too difficult to get into the car if you have to put a lock and lock the door. It's just, put it's inconvenient. It's, yeah. it's, it's the, just as stupid of an argument. What if there's an exactly. emergency and you need to get in your car right away and like take right. your pregnant wife to the hospital? <laughs> right. Because that's exactly How is it a different argument than that? Well, yeah. you know, they actually have the, the, the keyless entry key fobs where if you walk within a certain proximity of your car, your car unlocks automatically. Yeah. And if I'm you cool have the that, key that fob, with your gun. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, it literally, I, I, my buddy's dad, I had to drive him to, to, to do something. He'd been drinking. And he had the key fob in his pocket. And it was, it, you know, you don't have to insert the key. You right. just push the button as long as the key fob's in the car. He got out of the car, and I said, I got to run to the store. And he goes, okay. I didn't think about it. I got about 10 yards down the road, and the car just stopped. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Did I, what did I do? I didn't do anything. And he comes <laughs> running up to me. And he's like, you're going to need this, or else you're not going to get more than about 10 <laughs> yards down the road. And I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. It hit me. I'm like, if we can do that, why wouldn't gun companies do that? And because look at, look at it this way. How many new sales would you make, especially if you market it as... This is the weapon for home defense that's safe to have in your home, even with children. Yeah. You're going to, because my stepmother, her father was a police officer. She always owned weapons, had weapons in her car in Florida, in her house, on her person. When she had my little brother, you know, me and my sister, my sister had already left home. I was uh, 15 when she had my little brother. She got rid of all the weapons in her house because she was terrified that he would mess with them, which made me think, you didn't give a fuck if we killed ourselves with them? But whatever, that's a different story. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if they had come up with the technology, I guarantee you, she'd have went out and spent the money on it. You know, the, you know I, what the counter I argument's going to be? It's a slippery slope. And if you put all this like, newfangled electronic technology on the gun, when Obama or whoever comes for our guns, they'll be able to dismantle them and, and disable them from thinking. the driveway. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly what they'll disa- say. The government will remotely disable the weapon. And that would be infringing the Second Amendment. Oh. Well, didn't didn't we go through this with a local car dealer, Melfar? If you had shitty credit, he would he would he would sell you a car, but they had a, a way to disable it if you didn't make your payment remotely. Oh, OnStar, OnStar can do that. If if, if uh, your car oh, yeah. is stolen, OnStar can shut your car down on yeah, the highway. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, people people were getting in accidents because they're driving on six ninety six, and oops, <laughs> you're five days late on your car note. Uh, we just disable it, and the car just fucking coasts to a stop, yeah. and then they send out the record to come repo it. But people yeah. were, you know, instead of pulling over, just letting it stop in the middle of the fucking, you know, 696, which is suicidal, and then you can imagine the fuckery that happened after that. Right. Now, you're not having a, it's not a rational conversation, man. That's why I, I, I honestly, I, for the most part, refuse to engage in these, these chats anymore, because all of these make sense, but that is, again, I, I sound like a broken record. I know I do, but this is not where the dialogue is now. You're not having these kind of rational, meaningful conversations with anybody that matters. You know who they are. You're preaching to the choir. You're not bringing anybody to the table with this stuff. They don't want to come and sit down and partake in the pumpkin pie, and that's the problem. I mean, this honestly. I mean, it, this is a good conversation. If the if there was anything being done down these lines, if there was any chance of having a rational public debate, these are fantastic conversations. Other than that, man, is firearm masturbation. Yeah, I think we've. You know, I I don't know. I've been I've done the <laughs> I've been to the gun control debate cotillion. 
multiple times over the last decade, it always ends the same. So Unfortunately, again, I, yeah. I, that's why I, I keep coming back. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to the cancer ward scenario solutions. How do we get people to actually talk about this in a constructive way? And good fucking luck. That's what you should call this episode. Yeah. Good fucking luck. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look at just to give you an idea. We were talking about this David Hogg kid. You know, he's you know how much power he wields now? A, a fucking 17-year-old kid or however old he is. Uh, Laura Ingram, did you see where she was forced to apologize? Oh yeah. To uh David Hogg for his her comments, which I don't <laughs> think were all that egregious because he turned the advertisers on her and had real effects on them. Yep. Fuck David Hogg. Hashtag fuck David Think Hogg. about that. I'm Think about how it. much power that nut job, the, the nut jobs. He's, I don't know if he's a nut job or not. For, he's probably for an saying that he was 17. whining. Yeah, exactly. That is Tell complaining me, about not being able to get into the college he wanted to do is coming off as whiny. Tell me how this is not mob fanaticism. I'm inviting you to tell me. All three of you, tell me how this is not an incited mob. I, yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. Wait, hold on. I have audio... Uh, an audio response to what you, you just have said. Audio? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. But uh, no, anyway, that's that. I mean, if you think about it, how much power this fucking hashtag movement has, and how you can't question it now without having your tongue. Gun. Metaphorically, I hate Laura Ingram. I hate everything about her. I cannot stand her. I don't want her tongue cut out. Yeah, she's allowed right. to have her crazy views, and people are allowed to listen to them. I feel, I feel, I feel bad because I don't even know who the fuck she. I don't even know who the fuck you are. I have no she's, idea. Surprise. She's a crazy I'm, conservative she's radio host. Fox News she's she's been around for a really long time, dude. She was a very very popular uh, conservative radio wench yeah. down the line, down in the vein of uh, Limbaugh. She was up on not quite the Limbaugh level, obviously, but she was up there. Syndicated all over the country once upon a time. Gotcha. Well, we'll see where her career is a week from now. She she gonna have to go on yeah. Bill Maher and do the she'll, apology tour. She'll be no, she'll be just fine. Do you do you guys understand why this terrifies me more than anything? More than anything the Tea Party ever stood for. Yeah. If you, do value, you see where, do you see where this is headed? <laughs> well, yeah, because it's a lot more. Authoritarian than the Tea Party, so to speak. It's like if if I don't like what you're saying, you are shut down completely. The end. And that is that's that's Stalinesque. That's fanaticism. Yeah. It's cult. It's cultesque. Cultesque. Cultist. Cultesque. Whatever. It's like crossing David Koresh and being banished from the compound. It, it's it's one of the reasons I had such an issue growing up with you know the Southern Baptist. People in my family forcing me to go to church. I ask questions. The, the questions were never answered. The answer to the question was, their idea of an answer to the question, the questions I had was, who's putting these ideas in your head? Yeah. Who are you talking to that's making you think this way? Nobody. I am. Okay. Right. I'm sorry. A talking snake, people rising from the dead. The devil's putting now. those faults in your head, Rich. It's Satan. Could well, it be you know what? Satan? What, what, is it, what is it Bill Hicks said? If heaven's full of people playing harps, but hell's got, you know, Jimi Hendrix and, <laughs> you know, yeah, and Jim Morrison, then I'm going to be, you know, hanging 10 on the lake of fire because hell's going to rock, you know? So I, there we go. I'm good with it. Always comes back to Bill Hicks. 
I think he should be our he should be our unofficial mascot. (laughs) Patriot Saint of Unregimented. (laughs) Bill Hicks. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) I mean it's it's really Again, it comes down. I'm going to just reiterate this and, and blanket this this right. at least on my end for this one more time. I don't see an alternative here. There is not a clear alternative. Not one is not better than the other. And actually, you know, I think I think it may have crossed the point where maybe one is, and it's not the comfortable one. It's orange tinted. It's the choice between getting shot in the kneecap and gut shot. I rather choose neither. But oh, see to that or. Being shot in the gut or having your throat slit so they can get to your vocal cords. I don't know. I'm, I mean, it's it, it really is. I, I shudder to think who's going to be our choice in 2020. Yeah. And that's why I asked, can I just vote Mad Dog 2020? Uh, <laughs> ah, hey. <laughs> hey, there's a there. title. Not looking good. <laughs> All right. No, but I, I, I would say the, the other thing that I would say, it sounds like you guys are, are edging toward wrapping up here, but yes. get the fuck out of the echo chambers. You, you have to get out of the echo chamber. I'm not talking to you three now. I'm talking to these thousands and thousands uh-huh. of un- unregimented listeners. 98.9% who are black. Get the fuck <laughs> out of your echo chambers. You have got to exit them. You have got to start looking at things and seeing things as they are, and that's the only way to do it. If you have to pull every plug in your house and get off the internet to do it, do it. Hey, you got to challenge that, your brain, man. It's, you, you have to challenge. You have to see things as they are, call things by their proper names. You or at have least visit somebody else's echo this. chamber every once in a while. <sighs> yeah, or you know what? At least if you're if you're not if you're not going to do that, abandon abandon anyone who's coming from one of those echo, cha- echo chambers and trying to drag you back into it. That works for me too. As soon as I start hearing the yeah. talking points and I start hearing these familiar parroted squawking cocksucking arguments, I run. I don't run. I I push them the fuck away from me because you can tell, man. It's so easy to tell somebody who's reciting scripture. It really yeah. is. If you if your ears are tuned to it and you're you're listening for it, because that should be a huge red flag on either side of the the spectrum, because they will come out of the echo chambers sounding an awful lot alike from either side. As soon as you hear that, stop, drop, roll, okay. shut them down, open up, shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying the same thing, right? Oh, well, that's the way to rough ride. By the way, yeah, motherfucker's uh, <laughs> <laughs> barking on record. <laughs> Hey, real quick. Yeah, he got a year for tax evasion. So, and and this is no bullshit. His oh, lawyer played for the judge before sentencing. On, played his song "Slipping." <laughs> I'm like, really? That's what you're gonna play in court? Please don't send my my client to prison. Don't play Please. any of those. Don't play any of his songs in court. I know it's like NWA. Ice Cube's going to prison. Here, let me play "Fuck the Police" real quick. Oh shit! You just went I through. have. No fucking idea what you're referring to. I, DMX. Oh, yeah, I'm DMX. DMX. Got a year for tax evasion. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's. Yeah, but our 98.9% black audience appreciates that when yeah. we bring up DMX. So. <laughs> now that we have right splintered on. off into many directions, let's just wrap this bitch up. Uh, real quick, uh, Anna Kendrick and uh, Aubrey Plaza, call us. Yeah. Oh, if we you can't, we got to work something out. Well, we're, yeah, we're, we're lying out the details on our side. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that other name and who that other person is, but Anna, I would love you to visit my website at uh, escapingthecave.com. Shoot God, me a message. Google Aubrey Plaza. Just saying. I just wanted to get a drop on my website in there. Gotcha. I sent a. I, I couldn't I remember picture, what she said. <laughs> I sent a picture of Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza to the uh, unregimented group chat earlier today because she was. Oh, that to be was out her. With just with Justin Thoreau. 
That's who that was. Yeah. Okay, yes. so there's, there's, a movie where, yes. there's a movie where she's a teenager. Was it the late? No, the early 90s. And she has a yeah. masturbation scene in the bedroom. Uh, yeah. That might yeah, be yeah, a yeah. knuckle shuffle. Uh, she's going to get nowhere near. Really you get nowhere near her, Aaron. She's behind. <laughs> that sounds like that's in your permanent spank bank, there, Rich. Might be with the with with uh, uh, the hot spot with Jennifer Conley. Oh, God. yeah, but and, and inventing the Abbots into a lesser extent. All right, all right. <laughs> we should have a feature. We should do a feature every. Week. Sorry, all right. <laughs> put it out on your Spankify list. <laughs> dark, there's a, there's dark City, uh, Beautiful Mind, Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> One of the most uh, popular podcasts out there is called Guys We Fucked. A couple of you know chicks oh, yeah, talk know. about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we should do a segment every week. Chicks we'd fuck. And just wrap the show up for the last half hour, just completely <laughs> objectifying. Oh, hashtag me too on that to. segment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, I, I could actually do the production for it since I'm part of the show now. It would be the Chicks We'd Fuck brought to you by the Me Too movement. There you go. I could produce that. <laughs> we shall do that. But hey, until then, hit us up on Twitter at a regiment of pod. Email us on regiment at ChristopherMedia.net. On Facebook, like us, share us. Comment. Yeah, comment. Pretty please. See if we can get a real conversation going. Yeah, come over and say hi over there. Yeah. But uh, until then, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. See ya. Bye. Later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.